One minute, Metro TV, one minute. The Louisville Metro Council Special Committee of the Whole Meeting of January 31st, 2023 will please come to order. The time is currently 4.34 p.m. This meeting is being held pursuant to KRS 61.826 and Council Rule 5A. Madam Clerk, a roll call please. Councilmember Hawkins. Present. Councilmember Shanklin. Councilmember Arthur. President, I'm having tech issues. I'll be on in just a second. Thank you. Council Member Purvis? Here. Council Member McCraney? Here. Council Member Armstrong? Here. Council Member Owen? Here. Council Member Mulvihill? Council Member Kramer? Here. Council Member Blackwell? Council Member Syme? Here. Council Member Fowler? She. Council Member Chapel, present. Council Member Reed. Council Member um, President Winkler. President Winkler. Uh, present. Sorry. Council Member Parker. Council Member Piagentini. Council Member Benson. Council Member Ruhi. Present. Councilmember Engel? Present. Councilmember Hudson? Councilmember Flood? Here. Councilmember Bashon? Councilmember Ackerson? Present. Councilmember Shanklin? Councilmember Purvis? 
Council Member Owen. I'm, I'm here. Council Member Mulvihill. Council Member Fowler. Council Member Reed. And Council Member Hudson. Council Member Hudson is walking in the door. And Council Member Purvis just walked in the door. So we're going to say, Mr. President, you have 17 and a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, please let the record reflect that Council Members Benson, Reed, uh, and there are several others not in attendance that have excused absences. Um, I also want the viewing public to take note that some of our members who are not able to join with us uh, will watch a replay either via Metro TV, Facebook, uh, once tonight's meeting is posted or on Legistar. Now I'd like to proceed, uh, I'd like to go through the procedure for uh, tonight's committee. Today, we'll be interviewing 17 candidates. There was one more withdrawal earlier today. Uh, 17 candidates for the District 6 Louisville Metro Council seat. Uh, from the packets you've received, number two, Eric Cooper, number four, John Murner, and number 18, Krista Wiley, have all withdrawn their candidacy, candidacy from consideration uh, after the final agenda was published. So we will not be hearing from the three of them this evening. Uh, each applicant has been instructed on the procedure and they're currently being sequestered in the third floor conference room uh, with a monitor to assist them. The candidates will not be able to watch any of the interviews via TV and they've been asked to turn off their cell phones and devices. Each candidate will be allotted 14 minutes to be interviewed. They'll have three minutes for an opening statement. We will hold to a maximum of 10 minutes for questions today. Uh, if you have additional questions that do not get answered, you can submit them to the clerk. She can send them to the candidate and get you a written answer. But we are going to hold firm uh, to the 10 minutes, just given the number of candidates. Otherwise, it's going to be six hours of meeting. So um, we'll let them wrap up whatever they're answering at the end of 10 minutes, but would ask everybody to just hold their question to one question, and then you can get back in the queue uh, if you need and, and ask after that if, if there's no one else ahead of you. Uh, and then they'll have a one-minute closing. Uh, council members may ask any question and um, the candidates will be called in the order that the resumes were submitted to the clerk. Upon completion of the candidate's interview, each candidate is welcome to stay at City Hall, uh, but due to the renovation, they'll have to watch in the first floor conference room. Uh, their resumes are all loaded into the Granica system. Uh, if you wish to speak or ask a question, please queue in via the system. And then upon completion of all of the interviews, the committee of the whole will adjourn and the full Metro Council on Thursday, February 2nd at 6 p.m. Uh, during our regular meeting will vote to select both the District 3 and District 6 Council members. Are there any questions before we begin? Seeing no questions, Madam Clerk, please call the first applicant. Philip Baker. Madam Clerk, are they gonna sit in the gallery today or still up here? Mr. Baker, welcome. Uh, you're gonna sit right here, okay? You'll hit the push button on the microphone and then just speak directly into the microphone so the folks online can hear you. A uh, Couple things to go over and welcome you. Uh, first of all, there's gonna be a timer you'll see on this screen on the right. Uh, you'll have a three minute opening. We'll have 10 minutes for questions. Ask you to keep your answers concise so that we can get through as many questions as possible. And then you'll have one minute uh, for the closing. But the timer up there will help you. Uh, some of our attendees are virtual. Uh, if they're virtual, you'll hear them. Uh, they'll be up here on the screen on your left. Okay, whenever you're ready, your three minutes will begin. Good afternoon, everyone, to the Metro Council President, the Council at large, and to all the invested 
constituents of District 6. My name is Philip Baker, and I'm asking, asking that you thoughtfully consider me for the District 6 Metro Council appointment. So I can be concise and clear, I want to make sure that I impress upon you my main areas of focus. My aim is to support, adopt, and introduce greater efforts to shrink the distance between the community, local government, and local government partners. That means fighting for the improvement of the quality of life all across the district, from Park Hill to Shelby Park, for our beloved seniors to our youth, for our disenfranchised residents to our union workers and working class families, for our faith community, our migrant community, for the LGBTQ plus community and the cisgendered, from the Cabbage Patch Settlement House to senior and assisted living facilities, all deserve a voice. I want us all to flourish in a way that we can collectively lay hold on a beautiful vision of District 6. I have to bring up the fact that starting from the time that I was a boy, my family instilled in me a call for love and a passion for service, whether it be my mother who was entrenched in the legal uh, community, or my father who's a Baptist minister, or my grandfather who was one of the inaugural inductees in the King Kentucky Human Rights Commission, who set the example and pattern of community and local government engagement. I currently serve on numerous boards and leadership of many others, helping organizations, and I'm entrenched in community service. But what gives me the most satisfaction and the greatest sense of purpose is rolling up my sleeves, packing up my truck, preparing food boxes, and dropping them off to our seniors and our elders and so many families on a weekly basis. One of the greatest compliments I've ever received is to be called a community connector. But the largest and the most fulfilling hat I wear is of a husband and a father, and they are my why. I want them to inherit a district that helps them foster and realize a greater Louisville that is constantly becoming. Bold and equitable leadership requires service, of which I look to serve our community and this district at its pleasure. So to close, I again ask that you carefully and thoughtfully consider myself, Philip Baker, as your next Metro Council representative of District 6 in this great city of Louisville. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Baker. Uh, Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. Baker, thank you for being here. I, I just have one question. Your opening statement was uh, really, really nice uh, and refreshing. But I wanted to ask you, um, President, former President Councilman James, uh, every year he put on Jazz in Central Park. Mm -hmm. And it not only um, is something that um, constituents in District 6 looked to, but everyone looked forward to this event. And I wanted to know um, if this is something that you would continue to do if elected to represent District 6. Thank you. Well, I'm an outcome and data guy, okay? So um, before I answer that question, I actually attend Jazz in C uh, Central Park, but I want it to be a measurable outcome um, and across from the entire district because we not only serve Old Louisville, as you know, Park Hill has been ignored for quite some time. Um, we also, with the redistricting, we extended Germantown. So as long as when looking at neighborhood development funds, looking at energy uh, on the first question, I would love to continue such, but it has to have a measurable outcome. It has to, when I face that District 6 resident who is crying out for help, I have to give them an explanation. 
I'm always going to put not what feels good, what or just have activities, but actually have measurable outcomes in that district. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, uh, Councilman Purvis. Uh, thank you, Mr. Baker. Can you uh, specifically identify what you believe to be the top three issues for your district and, and any ideas to address them? Thank you. Yeah, so my top three issues, I believe public safety is at the number one of every district. People want to feel safe. The number two is, in our district, uh, is seniors. One, uh, one thing that, that gets overlooked in District 6 is we have several uh, assistant living facilities and senior living facilities, from the Hillebrand House to the Puritan Court to St. Catherine Court to Trayton Oaks. A lot of times those populations get ignored because they're just going through the day-to-day um, processes. Uh, and then my third initiative would be the youth, making sure that we're fostering programs and initiatives um, in that you, which all result back to the public safety. Next question. Uh, Councilman Arthur, who's going to be online. Peace, which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? Uh, I have several, but I'll keep it down to three. So one is my employment. I'm a, currently a family resource coordinator in Jefferson County Public Schools that service, as we know, over 100,000 students. So during the pandemic, is, uh, right before the pandemic, I was hired, and our need was greater than ever. It looked a lot, a lot, a lot like what it does at Metro Council. You had to remove barriers and meet people where they are. The second one is I'm a coach in Louisville Youth Football League. That goes to mentorship. The third is also uh, I attend my church, Chrysler Missionary Baptist Church, feeding um, homeless, mentally ill, um, people and trying to provide trauma-induced care to those residents. Next question. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thanks, Mr. President. Thanks, Mr. Baker, for being present today. Um, I know your feet are pretty much to the ground. I've seen you out there. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Park Hill. Uh, that's the most underserved area in District 6. Mm -hmm. um, it allows me to know that you know your district. Because you touched on that. Um, but how do you plan to bridge the gap with LMPD, the youth, in that particular area, what do you plan on doing? Do you have any ideas, any programs, things of that nature? Uh, it, there's several problems. Um, there needs to be an investment in Park Hill. Um, if you look adjacent to Park Hill, there's actually um, a field or a large area that is so bad that it's, it's been deemed contaminated by the city, whatever you want to say it. So we have to fix that, that problem when it comes to working all together. We have, they have to have a, not just for their health and wellness, but for their safety. The second thing is connecting with the youth and connecting with those that are in the community. I have been one of those people who have fortunate, just like some of you all have, and helped in Park Hill. I've delivered Christmas to residents in, in Park Hill, knowing the dynamics, knowing that one side looks different from the other, making sure that all city leaders, wh whether it be uh, people from Office of Health and Safety Neighborhoods or um, uh, Metro Works or things uh, knowing, being feet to the ground, knowing what the issues that the residents concern. So making sure I have already reached out to some of the neighborhood folks who are in, in it and getting their uh, ideas, leaning on them to let me know what's going on, and then also addressing 
those issues. And also, to answer your question, continuing programs, initiatives, looking at what works in similar cities, looking at similar areas and communities that reflect what is going right, what's going wrong, and making sure that everything has a, an outcome um, for success. Next question. Thank you, Councilman Hawkins. And also Councilman Arthur as well. Councilman Batcher. Thank you, Mr. Barker, for being here today. Um, so I'm familiar with the Park Hill neighborhood and, mm -hmm. and just kind of District 6 there. And can you tell me, you know, if I remember correctly, that there's a lack of convenience stores or grocery stores in that district. Um, how do you feel or what are your plans to combat that issue to make sure that the residents of, you know, the Park Hill neighborhood um, and surrounding neighborhoods there have a, a, an equitable grocery store or or convenience store they can they can shop at. Absolutely, thank you for the question. Let's face it, the Ninth Street divide is real, and we those living west of Ninth Street, including Park Hill, are living in a food desert, and that's one of the initiatives that. Uh, I've done and taken upon myself for the last four years is working with community partners as in Feed America and Dare to Care, making sure re residents are, have their food needs met. Also, um, doing everything in my voice to make sure economic development comes to address those concerns. It's an uphill battle. Uh, we know it's not something that happens overnight, but it's a fight that I'm willing to take, a, take, a, take on uh, myself. Go ahead. Councilman Fowler. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. President. Um, how are you? Uh, doing well. Thank, thanks for being here. Um, do you plan to pursue the party nomination um, and run in May? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Councilwoman Chapel. Um, District 6 has a lot of um, unique mobility um, features to it, including things like one-way streets. What are some things that you envision that you can do as a council person to help our um, transportation in District 6? Thank you. Anybody who's lived in District 6 know that the one-way streets has been a fight that we've been back to when my mother was a Louisville council president in 1999. That was always the biggest fight. Um, you, it doesn't take any of us to, to turn on the news and see that people are getting hit, people are dying, because of the way the streets are structured. A lot of residents I've talked to, they are, they are pushing and fighting uh, for one ways to be converted over to two ways because a lot of people are trying to catch those lights and then disaster hits. Um, Old Louisville has some of, if you look at the police data, some of the number one in hit and run accidents. Uh, with the college campus being there, with such a diverse population, we wanna keep residents fights. So I'm on the side of two way streets making sure it's uh, a residential, making sure it's safe space, uh, safe, safe community for all residents. Uh, also taking it a step further, looking at some of those, inter, uh, once I get the uh, data, looking at some of those hot spots, um, and we're looking at speed bumps and other things that we can do. Um, Old Louisville is always, always um, fighting against trying to make sure that we all are safe when we walk into that street. And we all know these highways, byways, and alleyways, uh, and I want to make sure that I'm on the side of making sure it's a safe place. And again, it's it's a place that whether you're in college, whether you're um, just an apartment or in house or whatever, that you have a safe place and you don't have to worry about someone running a red light, trying to catch a light, and you losing your life. Next question, Councilman Owen.
course, my microphone. Uh, if you could speak to, as a resident of Old Louisville, there's kind of a balance between historic preservation and mm -hmm. economic development. It's always been kind of a delicate balance. And the TNZD uh, zoning district and designation in Old Louisville is unique. And I just wanted you to speak to that, uh, that balance and whether you think TNZD is working for your community. Uh, I, my hat's off to all those workers. Um, one of the things that I would like to do um, and I know all too well about IPL, and inspections, permits, and licensing, and the things that a historical district has to overcome. A lot of just as a, a, um, as a resident is a lack of knowledge or a lack of ignorance to it. So uh, my first chance is making sure when we're looking at economic development, looking at what we can do, what we can't do, looking at what stakeholders need to be at, what do proceedings look at, and educating uh, the public on making sure so we can attract economic development in our area, and again, working with you all to make things happen. Okay, Mr. Baker, you've got one minute for your closing. All right, thank you. In closing, I just wanna thank you all for your consideration and hearing a little bit of my vision for District 6. Again, if you heard nothing else from me, just remember, my, my aim is just to shrink the distance between the community, local government, and local government partners. Inclusionary collaborations, all voices will be heard. Servant leadership, and then working towards a goal that is bigger than ourselves. As diverse as District 6 is, we meet in the middle uh, at a shared common goal. We all want the best for the district and the community of Louisville. I'm looking forward to getting things done, no matter what the party is, no matter what the agenda is. And this won't be the last time I ask, but grant me the opportunity to represent these great residents of District 6. Thank you, Mr. President, and the Council at Large for your opportunity to appear, appear before you. Thank you. Mr. Baker, thanks for coming. Thanks for your interest. If you are interested, you may watch the other candidates down in the first floor conference room. You're under no obligation to do so, but thank you for coming this evening. Thank you, and thank Appreciate you all. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the next candidate. Alexandria Muffler. So again, colleagues, as a reminder, candidate two uh, withdrew. Uh, Ms. Muckler, welcome. Hi. You're gonna sit right here. Uh, your microphone's already on. Uh, so I'll go over just a couple of um, rules for you. Number one, you're gonna have a timer uh, that you can look at up here on this screen. You'll have three minutes for an opening. We'll have 10 minutes for questions. At the end of 10 minutes, we're gonna cut it. You can wrap up whatever thought you're on and then that'll be it. Ask you to keep your answers fairly concise so that we can get through many questions. So if you know, you don't want people to leave and not ask you what they were meant to ask you. Uh, and then you have one minute to close at the end. Uh, some of our attendees are virtual. If they're virtual, they'll be on the screen on your left. And whenever you're ready, your three minutes will begin. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Thank you all for having me today. My name is Alex Muckler. Um, in 2009, I bought a house in Germantown, just blocks from the house my grandfather grew up in, as well as the house that his grandfather moved to when he immigrated from Germany to work at the American Standard Plant with his friends and neighbors. Um, today, despite having a university degree and a university job, I would not be able to afford my home. I spent 13 years working for the Kentucky YMCA Youth Association, an organization that teaches middle and high school students the foundations of government by allowing them to act in the roles of elected officials. I'd like to thank Councilman Kramer for his many years of dedicated service to that organization. In my role there, as well as in all my roles, 
I pride myself on constantly reflecting on policies and programs so that I, along with my team, can debrief and improve upon each iteration, a habit I'm eager to bring to this body. At the Y, as well as the Model UN and a Model State Legislature, and a number of service learning and character development programs, we hosted Metro Youth Advocates, a program designed to be an advisory council to this and similar bodies run by area teens. I'm sure many of you have met with and learned from that group. From there, I went on to direct an internship program with a finance company briefly, then found my way back to the University of Louisville, where I work as the Assistant Director of Admissions for Brandeis School of Law. In this role, I have the pleasure of seeking out the brightest minds across the country and bringing them here to Louisville. In the process, I'm able to observe our peer cities and note their good ideas. This year, for example, I've visited 26 universities in 24 cities across 12 states. Additionally, I serve as board chair at the Louisville German American Club. I'm a member of Louisville City Champs, and I'm a Kentucky Colonel. You may notice that the common thread throughout my resume is working with young people. I believe that gives me a distinct advantage, fresh perspective. Young people see possibilities where many of us may tend to see, see barriers, and they've taught me to do that as well. Louisville has been branded as Possibility City, and I want us to rise to the occasion. It's possible to house our unhoused population. Mayor Greenberg's recently unveiled plan is a great start, and I'm excited to support it, as well as creating affordable housing for our neighbors who work at all wage levels. It's possible to create a fertile environment for small businesses to grow and thrive, particularly those owned by people of color. It's possible to begin to mitigate the lasting effects of redlining with a robust public transit system that breaks down barriers between neighborhoods for folks who don't drive. It's possible to draw in business to currently underserved areas, particularly our food deserts. We've also branded ourselves the most compassionate city in America, and I'm eager to earn that title by listening to and advocating for all of our neighbors. Thank you. And I am out of time. <laughs> Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, talk to me about your, your thoughts about the current state of public safety uh, within the city and yeah. uh, any thoughts on what you believe you would like to do as the council person for District 6 to address uh, public safety. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's a tough nut to crack, as I'm sure you all know, because you've been trying to crack it. Um, you know, there's, there's this scene in the West Wing that talks about playing the whole board, and I strongly believe in that. Often to solve one problem, you have to address multiple other problems, right? So we, we have a crime epidemic going on right now. Um, and I think that a lot of that boils down to citizens, often young citizens, um, who don't feel like they're stakeholders in the city, who don't feel like the city invests in them. When you feel ownership in a place, um, you wanna take care of it and you want to uh, respect the people around you. So I think that in order to address the crime problem, um, we have to look at education, we have to look at community services, we have to look at how young people are engaged in the neighborhood, we have to look at how the neighborhood is, or how the city is engaged in its individual neighborhoods, uh, making sure that nobody feels left behind, that nobody feels underserved. And I believe that that is sort of the, the big picture, way zoomed out view of how to solve the crime problem. You know, I would love to see um, some, some reasonable gun control in, in the state as well as the city. You know, there, there are a lot of, of, I think, smaller problems that I think we can look at. Poverty is a driver of crime, we all know that. 
So making sure that people have livable wages, making sure that people have affordable housing, um, I think is gonna result in a forward movement on the crime problem. Thank you for the question. Councilman Arthur, who's gonna be on the screen on your left? Peace. Which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? I appreciate that question. Thank you, Councilman Arthur. Um, I mean, it's, I think the obvious place for me to go is my work with the Y by teaching young people how, I'm, I'm looking at the screen, but I actually have a feeling the camera's over here. Um, <laughs> I, I, by teaching young people how government works, I feel like I have a fairly strong grasp on how it works and how, uh, how, how we work through our differences to try to find middle ground, to try to agree with people that we disagree with. I think that's really important and that's a skill that I'm eager to bring to this council. Um, everything that I've done though has, has helped to build my love for the city of Louisville, my investment in this community um, and my desire to make it, it stronger and better. Um, so I think, you know, this is something I've been working toward for a long time. It's funny working in a space where I was preparing people to enter the political world, I actually never really thought about doing it myself until a friend and a neighbor saw this opening and asked me to run. And I couldn't think of a reason not to, so I put my name in the hat. Um, but I do, I do feel like my experience is something that can, can enhance this group and can, can create good outcomes for our neighbors. Thank you, Councilman Arthur. Councilwoman Hawkins. Sorry about that. I know you touched on, thanks for being here. I love your energy, energy's Thank great. Thank you so much. Um, you touched on teaching young people and working at the Y. Absolutely. Uh, can you speak to more of a diverse? I know in your district, you have a diverse part, a, a lot of diverse constituents in the Park Hill area. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you been in that location of the area? Uh, can you tell me any programs that you plan on implementing for that underserved area? Absolutely. Well, um, so I can tell you through my work in the Y, I was um, the Metro Regional Director, which meant that I worked with every middle school and high school in the Louisville area, public, private, parochial. So I, I've worked in every, dis, every zip code in this, this city, um, as well as many counties throughout the state of Kentucky. So I'm very familiar with all of those neighborhoods. Um, you know, I, as far as my efforts toward diversity, I'm working right now on a, it's not even quite like announced yet, uh, diversity, inclusion, community engagement um, certificate through the University of Louisville, um, taking some classes around diversity, equity, Not to cut you off, no, sure, sure, cut sure. you off, but I just kind of want to get to the root of the question. Yeah, as far as programs to implement in the neighborhood, you know, I don't have a good answer for that right now. I'm eager to bring the nonprofits who are already doing the work to the table. I'm eager, eager to support work that's already being done, learn a little bit more about what's already in play and see how we can enhance that and work with the people who have been on the ground, you know, okay. for a long time doing this I can this accept work. that. Yeah. Councilman Batchen. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, thank you for being here. Um, so I have a question in regards to some of the crimes and things in our community, in our city sure. as, as a whole. So do you think we have a gang problem or a neighborhood on neighborhood problem? It may be a little bit of a combination of the two. Um, I do know that there is, is gang activity um, happening in the city. You know, I spent some time 
working at Safe Place, which is our only shelter serving teenagers in town, and came face to face with that um, in ways that, that I didn't realize before I worked in that space and worked with many of the, the teens who are members of gangs. So I mean, is there a gang problem if, as a yes, no question? Of course there is. Is there a neighborhood on neighborhood problem? Of course there is, because different <coughs> gangs exist in different neighborhoods. Um, this brings me back to, I think, the point that I was making earlier, which is this idea that if we can get young people to a place where they feel some ownership of their neighborhoods, they feel like their city believes in them, invests in them, doesn't view them as a problem, right? I think um, after a long time working with young people, what I can tell you for sure is that they're gonna meet your expectations. So if you set expectations that young people are gonna be a problem, they're gonna be a problem. And if you set young expectations that young people are gonna be leaders, are gonna be change makers, are gonna be um, servants, that's what they're gonna do. So I think that as, as we start to, and again, uh, Councilwoman Hawkins, I'm sorry that I didn't have a more fleshed out answer to your question, but I think as we do develop youth programming within our neighborhoods, we can do it with that end in mind of how do we make, uh, how do we make young people feel like citizens who are respected and who are invested in. Thank you for that response. So how, so Councilman you, obviously. Councilman Batchen, we're gonna do one question. You can cue okay. back in. Sorry. Councilwoman McCrane. Thank you, Mr. President. Ms. Muckler, thank you for being here. Sure. I like what you just said uh, because I've always been taught that you are to inspect what you expect. Absolutely. And so if you're gonna expect it, inspect it and hold people accountable and they will rise to the occasion. I do know that, so thank you for that. Uh, I wanna ask you if you could name three of the communities within District 7, three of the like neighborhood and neighborhoods and give us a little snippet of their uniqueness, each one of those. I mean six, seven. I was gonna say, oh, I, I was tell like, you about seven. I was panicking because I was like trying to think of the map and I was like, where exactly yeah. is District 7? I, 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 um, I'm so used to saying District 7. But I, <laughs> I completely understand. Sorry, um, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so in District 6, you know, obviously first I'm gonna go to, to Germantown, which is where I currently live, Shelby Park, which is where my family comes from, Old Louisville, which is where I lived until I moved to Germantown. I spent six years living in Old Louisville. Um, and then, of course, you've got Limerick, California, Algonquin, as you move to sort of the west side of the neighborhood. Um, you know, I think what, what makes each of those areas special or unique, um, Germantown has this just incredible creative energy amongst the people who I think bought homes when, when they were affordable to us when we were maybe taking a risk on the neighborhood as people are in our young 20s. Um, there are artists and musicians and creative thinkers and nonprofit workers and educators there, and I, I love the energy of my neighborhood. Um, and as you move into Shelby Park, um, it's a little more blue collar, it's a little, little roothier, um, and you know, it's, it's so much of the origin of the city uh, is owed to the Germans who settled that area and who defined the culture of that area. That's a lot of why I'm still involved in the German American Club, right? Because I think that uh, I'm, I'm thankful to the people who came before us and helped to create this incredible neighborhood. Um, Old Louisville, the largest Victorian neighborhood in the country. How incredible is that? It's beautiful, it's absolutely breathtaking. Um, I am thankful to work at UofL and to get to drive through that neighborhood every day. Um, so I'll, I'll start with those three that, that are you know, in my heart and soul. Yeah. Councilman Fowler. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. How are you doing? 
Doing great. Thanks. Good to see you. Um, so are you planning on pursuing the party nomination in uh, May of 2024? In May of if, 2024? Mm -hmm. I, this is up for election in November, right? For yes, the I'm just asking if sure. you were appointed, would you go um, plan on running again in Let's 2024? Let's see how it goes. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's to be determined. I, um, I want to be a good steward of the community. So mm -hmm. if, I, if I get in here and I feel like I am serving the district well, I am hearing from my constituents that they feel well taken care of and respected by me, absolutely. And if I can see that in any way I'm dropping the ball or I'm not the best voice for the neighborhood, I'll gracefully bow out. And okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Ms. McClure. You have one minute uh, for a closing. Thank you so much. Um, and I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, I know you, you have asked me a few questions tonight that I didn't have, you know, fully fleshed out answers for. Um, and I, I'm not here to apologize for that. I'm never going to pretend to be an expert where I'm not an expert. Um, but I will commit to research and explore what other, other similar communities have done in the face of problems, what, what has worked, what hasn't worked. I'll commit to always assume the best intent from every other person on this body and work to find agreements where we disagree with one another. Um, and I'll commit to always put my constituents first, all of our constituents first, because though I'm running to serve the sixth district, I think it's really important that we all are looking out for the best interest of everyone else's constituents as well. That's what I can bring to the table. That's what I can promise you. Um, and I hope that you'll give me the opportunity to serve with you. Thank you so much for your time. Ms. Muckler, thank you for your time and your interest tonight. Uh, if you are interested, you may watch the remainder of the procedures downstairs. You don't need to. It's up to you. It's not required, uh, but appreciate you coming this evening. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I'm going to make a couple of... Uh, Madam Clerk, please let the record reflect that we've been, we were joined some time ago by Councilwoman Parker, uh, Councilwoman Fowler, Councilwoman Shanklin, Councilman Blackwell, and Councilman Reed. Um, also, colleagues, please note that uh, candidate number eight, Jamie Fairman, has also decided to withdraw. So you can strike that name from your list. Uh, Madam Clerk, the next candidate, please. Rolf, Rolf Fries. Rolf Fries. Mr. Fries, welcome. Is it, is it Fries? Yes, sir. Okay, Mr. Fries, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right down here. Uh, the microphone's already on, so you'll be good to go. Just speak into the microphone so they can hear you online. Um, you're going to have three minutes for an opening. There's a timer up here to help you see where you are. Uh, we'll have ten minutes for questions. would ask you to just keep your answers fairly concise so we can get through as many questions as possible. And then you'll have one minute to close at the end. Um, questions will come from folks in the room. Uh, or if, if any of our online panelists, they'll be in the screen on your left. But whenever you're ready to begin... Uh, your three minutes will start. Thank you, President Winkler and members of the Metro Council. My name is Rolf Fries. I'm a resident of Shelby Park. I've also previously lived in the neighborhoods of Hikes Point, Oklahoma, and Crescent Hill. I believe what makes me a good candidate to represent District 6 is the knowledge and experience that I've acquired through my personal and professional life. Knowledge and experience that has provided me with views of the world through a wide variety of lenses. To begin with, I grew up in multiple countries on three different continents to go along with having done a lot of traveling. I've spent time living in cities such as Frankfurt, Germany, Lisbon, Portugal, and Medellin, Colombia. I've always been exposed to varied cultures, which instilled in me an open mind. 
I've seen firsthand how cities around the country and the world operate and what makes them each successful in their own ways. As a young adult, I decided to make Louisville my home and have lived here ever since. Louisville has always felt like a perfect fit for me. I love Louisville. It has served me well. Now I want to give back by serving Louisville just as well. I'm a union worker with IUE CWA, and I want to thank them for their official endorsement. I'm also a former Teamster with Teamsters 89. I know exactly what life is like for the blue collar worker and everyday person. On the flip side, I've managed several businesses for over 12 years. I understand the responsibilities of being in charge of someone else's money, making sure that things run smoothly for the benefit of both employees and ownership, and serving customers and vendors alike. I'm also an independent journalist and host of my own show, The Louisville Pro Activist Report. My show focuses on being a raw and cut look into the city and state from the on the ground view of organizers, activists, and political candidates. I've covered rallies, protests, marches, vigils, and press conferences, live and uncut. I did sit down interviews with the people who are in the trenches doing the work, improving the city in one form or another, including three of you who sit before me today on the council. My goal was to provide the city with information about the issues we face and the work that is being done to fix those issues. My show has always been completely nonprofit and has been done as a service to our community. It has taken me all over the city and the state and informed me on exactly what is going on all over the community on a complete spectrum of issues. Besides that, I've worked on three campaigns as campaign coordinator for Shamika Parish Wright for mayor, campaign advisor for Jeff Young for Congress, and as communications director for Stephen Cox for Senate. I worked with Tom Birch to get a bill written for automatic voter registration. I worked with Morgan McGarvey to get two bills written, an election integrity package bill and a state net neutrality bill. The time and energy I put into trying to improve the city is evident in my hundreds of hours on the ground with all my work, which also includes feeding the homeless, planting trees, and doing cleanup in Beargrass Creek. My main reason for wanting to be part of the council is that I'm a policy-focused individual. Policy is what drives change, and I have policies that I would like to implement. I'm confident that I can work with each and every one of you to bring forth the policy that is needed for Louisville to reach its full potential. I'm here to do the work for my neighborhood, my district, and the entire city. Thank you. And Madam Clerk, earlier when I um, listed who we were joined by, I neglected to mention Councilman Mulvihill, if you could, he joined some time ago as well. Uh, Mr. Fries, we'll start your 10 minutes. Uh, we'll begin with Councilman Arthur, who's gonna be on the screen on your left. Peace, which one of your personal or professional experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? Peace to you as well. Um, that's, that's not easy to say as I feel like my lifestyle and, and my philosophy of life kind of incorporates all the things that I do and all of them are relevant. However, if I had to pick one, uh, it would be my show, The Louisville Proactivist Report, because that has taken me everywhere on the ground. Uh, it's not a studio show, it is out in the community with the people I've seen firsthand, the issues in the city. I've been to homeless camps that are not visible from the street uh, by car, you know, only from the air uh, that people don't even know are there, seeing what that way of life is like. Uh, talk to people on so many issues about so many things, and I know, you know, I've seen it all firsthand, so I think that gives me an insight as to the issues that we face as the community, and so I know what we need to tackle. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, can you talk about what are the three most important issues specific to District 6, uh, and maybe just a quick bullet point on what you might 
do to try to address those? Thank you. Uh, sure, thank you for your question. Um, so three issues I, I would see is definitely affordable housing is very necessary. Um, not only do we need to build more affordable housing, but we need to maintain the affordable housing that we have. I've seen things recently uh, with the situation with Lot and Court. Uh, also, uh, not in my, my district, but uh, you know, Yorktown Apartments, we are losing some of this affordable housing. We cannot afford to lose this housing. Um, the second issue would definitely be a public safety issue. Um, you know, it's constantly in the news. Everybody's talking about it. I hear gunshots in my neighborhood regularly, especially in the summer. It's, it's weekly or more. Um, recently, my partner had her cousin was shot in front of Wick's Pizza. Um, so, you know, that, that hit directly home. We definitely need to tackle that issue, and, and that's a very complex issue. It, it's very systemic. However, I do believe there are things we can do at the local level. And, um, <clears throat> and you know, we just kind of have to identify this issue. We, we have to, you know, see what, see what, see what we can do to develop, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to develop prevention strategies and then implement those effective prevention strategies. And that's something that I think of that I can work with you all on the council about. Um, again, I can talk to the people in the community, see what they say as well. And, you know, we can focus on building that policy up. Um, the final thing I would see, uh, especially in my neighborhood, is, is a lack of things for teenagers and children to do, uh, especially affordable things um, that really hits home in Shelby Park. And, and a lot of, I think, that violence comes from our younger community, and that is because they don't have things to do. So I know we need to build that library there, implement programs through the library. We need more rec centers, uh, boys and girls clubs, and just things for, for kids to do, even, even like a dirt bike park. We have a lot of younger kids in my neighborhood that ride dirt bikes but have nowhere to ride it. So um, I think those things would help alleviate that situation. Councilman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you for being here. Um, I wondered if you are interested in pursuing the party nomination in 2024 the, in the primary. Thank you for your if, question. If you were going to be appointed. I am definitely interested in running in 2024. I had actually already decided to run in 2024 before this appointment seat came open. And so this was just an opportunity to get the work even sooner. Uh, if it doesn't happen, you know, with this appointment, then, then I'm fully prepared to run a campaign and, and take, my, take my policies to the voters. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm ready to do work, and the sooner I can get in, the better. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you. Thanks for being here. You touched on uh, a key word. You said that you were in the trenches. And when you speak to that, that makes me think of Park Hill, which is one of District 6 definitely underserved areas. How do you plan to bridge that gap with the issues that are going on there in that part of District, uh, district 6? Thank you for your question. I, I'm very familiar with Park Hill. I used to be a cable tech and that was part of my district, so I did a lot of cable in Park Hill uh, and talked to a lot of residents there. It, uh, Again, that comes down to a lot of resources that are missing, uh, things for people to do, 
children, teenagers alike, um, not to mention adults, but, but we need to supply that area uh, with, you know, get it out of the food desert for one, make sure they have place to get food, um, provide more parks, parks and rec centers, um, see if we can do things like basketball leagues or any other kind of sports leagues, just anything that we can get them into that, uh, that you know, keeps people off the street, keeps people safe, uh, so any kind of program even, you know, libraries, uh, anything we can do that way, um, you know, because I know libraries have a lot of programs, even on the evenings for teenagers. So uh, it is an inclusive thing. Well, we need to hit that, that issue with a wide variety of solutions because there is no one single solution that, that, is, that is one size fits all. So uh, again, I, you know, I would be more than willing to talk to people in Park Hill. It's been a few years since I've been there. Um, talk to them face to face and see what they would like, what they want implemented, and then get back with the council and see if we can implement those things and come up with policies to affect that neighborhood in a positive direction. Mr. Priest, there's no other questions. Uh, you have one minute uh, for closing. To all the members of Metro Council, thank you all for the opportunity to speak to you today. I am here to represent the underrepresented. I have no strings on my back. If appointed, I will serve only my constituents and the residents of Louisville. I will serve with transparency, accountability, integrity, and courage. I believe in living a life of working for the community and in perpetual learning. I know more today than I did yesterday, and I will know more tomorrow than I do today. Everything that I do know and that I will learn, I will use to serve District 6 and each and every one in Louisville. This is my life's passion and the destination that my journey through life has led me to today. My door will stay open to all, and I will be here to listen to everyone. I will work on the policies we need to address affordable housing and homelessness, environmentalism, public safety, social justice, human trafficking, animal welfare, and much more. I am willing and able to work with every single one of you to see that Louisville prosper, inclusive to everyone, and in a sustainable fashion. Thank you all for your time and your consideration. Mr. Freeze, thank you for your interest and your time this evening. Uh, if you would like, you may watch the remainder of the interviews down in the first floor conference room. You're under no obligation to do so. If you want to leave, you're free to as well. But thank you so much for your time. Madam Clerk, uh, the next candidate, please. Keith Joy. Mr. Joy, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right down here. Uh, there's a microphone. It's already on. Uh, would just ask you to speak directly into the microphone so that the folks online can hear you. Uh, I will tell you, you have uh, three minutes for an opening. There's a timer uh, on the screen on your right to kind of help keep you uh, on time. Uh, we'll have some people ask questions are going to be on the screen on your left, the virtual attendees, so you may look up there. Uh, we'll have 10 minutes for questions. Would ask you to keep your answers fairly concise so that we can get through as many questions as possible. Uh, and at the end, you'll have one minute uh, to close. Okay. Whenever you're ready, your three minutes will begin. Yeah, so thank you for your time, Council. My name is Keith Joy. I'm a dedicated father, uh, businessman, husband, and uh, community activist. And I'm seeking each one of your nominations for uh, uh, District 6 Council. Um, a little bit about myself. For the past eight years, I've been building from the ground up a uh, craft brewery tour company called Derby City Brew Tours, uh, where we tour, uh, to provide tours and transportation to visitors and locals alike. 
Uh, we've successfully returned hundreds of thousands of dollars over the past eight years back to the local economy, and this is something that we're proud of. Uh, a little bit more about myself, uh, I've served on, uh, I'm a former board member of the Air Pollution Control District, which uh, we, we addressed air quality issues. Uh, we address odor issues, specifically in Rubbertown and the Park Hill neighborhoods. Uh, and we successfully find companies that exceeded their uh, air emissions uh, threshold. I am also former board member of Dogs Helping Heroes, uh, which is a nonprofit that pairs amazing dogs up with our bravest veterans that might be experiencing homelessness, which is a point that I would like to uh, cover uh, as a Metro Councilman. Um, they might be experiencing mental health issues or substance abuse. Um, I am currently a member of the Black Tourism Advisory Council, uh, where we advise Louisville's tourism CEO, Cleo Battle on issues that can increase black participation, uh, specifically when it comes towards uh, tourism um, in our city. Um, some of the issues, so the reason why, or reason why I'm seeking to be a Metro Councilman is because I wanna make sure that each citizen, and I want to provide opportunities for each citizen in my district to have a great quality of life and also have the ability to achieve that American dream. And I would like to collaborate with each one of you all to make sure that citizens in your district have the same uh, opportunities. A couple of the, uh, a few of the things I would like to focus on as a Metro Councilman is uh, homelessness issues, is public safety, and violence, specifically youth violence that plagues our district. Um, but I know that my, I've got a short time, so I, I just want to thank you for your time. Uh, let me introduce myself, and I want to open myself up for questions. Thank you, Mr. Joy. Uh, Councilman Arthur, who's going to be on the left on your screen. Peace. Uh, which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? Yes, yeah, so I would say, personally, um, I would say my business uh, would be uh, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest, I would say, uh, quality that I have uh, in returning money to the economy uh, that I have that could represent uh, District 6. I, I'm also an advocate uh, as far as um, youth violence goes. Uh, I have uh, volunteered with 100 black men here in town. Uh, I've volunteered with also the Louisville Urban League Young Professionals, and um, as well as my, my fraternity, we have uh, go to high school, go to college that I've, I've uh, been a part of as well. So I would say it's kind of a mix between volunteering uh, with those organizations as well uh, as business returning money to the communities. Councilman Batchum. Thank you, Mr. President. So um, thanks for being here as well. Um, you've mentioned the youth and then youth violence and things of that nature. So I want to ask how you plan on combating the youth um, joining the gangs and neighborhood on neighborhood gangs in your district and how you plan on combating that and working with LMPD to, to um, minimize the crime or eliminate. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, not only talking with the community, uh, having different forums where we get LMPD 
and the community together to focus on some of these issues, but then addressing the issues that, uh, that breed youth violence. I believe poverty is one of the things that, uh, that breeds youth violence. Um, affordable housing, you know, we, we uh, have a, an, an issue uh, putting affordable housing in certain districts. Uh, that can also um, decrease youth violence. And then issues that Louisville has historically uh, fallen prey to, such as redlining uh, and, and things like that, we've got to address some of these issues instead of uh, putting a Band-Aid over our city and calling it a compassionate city. We need to look at our uh, failures and, and address some of those issues. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, you've already touched on the three top topics, so I'd like to focus a little bit more on LNPD. Your thoughts on, uh, there's been a lot of talk about their staffing levels. What are your thoughts on their, you know, whether or not they're currently properly staffed and or what improvements you would like to make to LNPD to help uh, be a partner in the overall public safety, yeah. uh, addressing public safety. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, I believe LNPD does need to be equipped uh, with all the staff that they need, all the uh, tools that they need in order to uh, combat crime in our area, in order to prevent, to prevent crime. Um, I would say I don't think that they're properly staffed. Um, I would say that there is a history of scandals, uh, sexual in nature. Uh, uh, you've got uh, all that happened uh, with uh, issues in 2020 uh, regarding Breonna Taylor. Uh, and there's just a, a bunch of things that we need to um, address with LMPD. They need to, of course, have uh, order and they need to have respect, but they also need to uh, give the citizens in our district respect as well. I believe it's a two-way street. Um, and I believe that if we empower them uh, with with certain things such as it, it might not even have to be monetary maybe it's a uh, a food food card or something from Kroger you know just some kind of incentive that will allow them to perform their best and perform uh, and stand up to what they took the oath for uh, the, their oath for so um, I do believe that there's issues that can be addressed there with LMPD in the community councilwoman Fowler Yes, thank you for being here today. Um, I wondered if um, you plan to um, pursue the party nomination in 2024? Yes, I do. Uh, I actually was gonna run in 2024 uh, as well. I, I saw this opportunity present itself, uh, so, I, so I jumped on it, but uh, I, I definitely plan to put my uh, name in the race. Thank you for that, yeah, no thanks. Problem. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thanks, Mr. President. Thanks for being here today. Oh, no, thank you. Okay, you stated that you um, you had worked with a few companies about the smell around the Park Hill area and that you work with 100 black men, but what about the youth? And you did say that you worked a lot with youth mm -hmm. through all those programs. Um, can you tell me anything that you've done hands-on or have you went through the Park Hill neighborhood or how do you plan to bridge the gap between LMPD and just your thoughts on just that area and you know if you feel like it's underserved and things of that nature? Oh, it's, it's definitely underserved. Uh, I believe that we've got to engage the community. Uh, we've got to provide jobs 
uh, or um, we've got to provide good, well-paying jobs. They just can't be any jobs, but they gotta be uh, well-paying jobs for the community. Um, and yes, I, I mean, uh, I, I believe that through community participation, we can definitely make a better, um, a better neighborhood in the Park Hill area. Um, Hands-on individually, um, I can say that there are areas that I, I might not have uh, crossed uh, w when it comes to uh, just being on the ground in the Park Hill neighborhood and, and, and trying to uh, make a better community. But I think through those uh, community engagement programs that I was involved in, uh, they I would like to believe that they helped. Uh, and I, I believe that uh, we just need to to have collaboration um, and we need to uh, uh, invite LMPD and the community together and talk about our issues. All right, thank you. Councilwoman Perez. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for being here, Mr. Joy. I'm just curious, what fraternity are you affiliated with? <laughs> First, <laughs> A Phi Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, absolutely. <laughs> and the only reason why I ask, because you didn't identify it on your resume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was important enough to have on the resume, but. <laughs> is it not, is it not a, a source of of exercising your civic environment? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Councilman Reed. It's gonna be on the screen. Thank, thank you, Mr. President, and uh, thank you for, uh, for, uh, for coming. Uh, question, you, you mentioned uh, affordable housing, which we all agree is something that's necessary for the entire community. Uh, do you feel strongly, passionately that affordable housing should be close to public transit, close to jobs, close to roads, close to restaurants, uh, food sources, et cetera? Yes, I believe, uh, I do believe that um, the people that are normally in uh, affordable housing, uh, they do need to have opportunities where they can easily access um, public transit. Uh, I think that it brings a great thing to the community. Uh, the city of Atlanta is actually increasing their walkability in neighborhoods by putting affordable housing next to restaurants and next to uh, different things. District six is a district that prides itself on walkability and bikeability. So um, I think that with the introduction of uh, affordable housing in district six, I believe that we can address a lot of the public safety issues and uh, issues to increase that walkability and bikeability of the district. Okay, thank you, Mr. Joy. Thank you. Mr. Joy, thank you again for your time and interest in the position. You've got one minute for a closing. Okay. Uh, you can begin whenever you're ready. Yeah, I just want to, like I, like I said, thank all of you all for your time and allowing me to uh, come here and, and tell you about why I want to be the next uh, councilman. councilman. Uh, I can guarantee that uh, I will put in hard work. I am easily, I'm easy to work with in teams and I'm also, uh, easy to work with alone. I can uh, stand on my own two feet. And I think that that's one thing that uh, a council person should have those qualities. And uh, again, I thank each and every one of you and I look forward to uh, your decision. Hopefully it's me. <laughs> thank you. Mr. Joy, again, thank you for taking the time to apply and your time this evening. If you would like, you may watch the remainder of the interviews downstairs in the fl first floor conference room. You're under no obligation to do the so though. So thank you. Uh, 
just confirming. Okay. Uh, so, colleagues, uh, yes, you can reach out. Okay. Uh, colleagues, we're going to skip to candidate number nine. Uh, yes. Um, Gary? Madam Clerk, yes. Uh, the next candidate, please. Do you want to announce? Garrett Dean. Yeah. Mr. Dean, welcome. Uh, the microphone is already on. If you could just make sure to speak uh, clearly into it so the folks online can hear you. Yes. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Yeah, you're going to have a three-minute uh, introduction. There's a timer on the right that you can reference. Um, we're going to have 10 minutes for questions. would ask you to keep your answers fairly concise so we can get through as many questions as possible. Uh, when the timer goes off, if you just want to wrap up sort of whatever thought you're on. Yes, sir. Uh, some of our attendees are virtual. They'll be on the screen on your left. Uh, and then at the end, you'll have one minute uh, to wrap up. Whenever you're ready, your three minutes will begin. Good evening, council members, President Winkler. Uh, we all appreciate your time and consideration this evening. I'm here because I want to be involved, and I know local government is what impacts our lives on a much grander scale than any influence outside Louisville. As you can see from my resume, I'm an engineer and National Guardsman, and through those careers, I have been improving Kentucky for some time now. But I want to be more involved in my immediate community, District 6. District 6 now extends into Shelby Park, Germantown, and Paristown. The people in these neighborhoods are seeing major transformation, and I echo their desire to influence the changing environment. In my opinion, the two major challenges facing District 6 are the same ones Louisville currently faces at large, public safety and zoning, or development. I've come with a few ideas on how to address these challenges, and I welcome questions on the details in my question and answer session. I sense new energy in the mayor's office, and Metro Council can capitalize by acting urgently in the name of public safety. Specifically as it relates to gun violence, a gun buyback program should immediately be considered as it shows our city that we are prioritizing matters of public safety any attempt to remove guns from our streets, many of which are often unregistered, is needed. In District 6, I would like to see more efforts from LMPD to be part of our community through neighborhood meetups and opportunities to interact with law enforcement in a positive way. I know Deputy Mayor James has made efforts on this front, but I would like to see this implemented more thoroughly from Park Hill to Paristown. Is my time up? That seems like a quick three minutes. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, okay. You, one more minute. Thank you. Sorry. We had a timing issue, Mr. Dean. Apologies for that. Zoning. As a small business owner in Shelby Park, I feel the immediate effects of the zoning issues affecting small business growth in the area. From our property on Logan Street, I can see property zoned EZ1 M2, C2, OR2, and R4. But to change this zoning, I've been warned it will cost me thousands of dollars and six months, and the outcome isn't guaranteed. I cannot have a coffee shop in my 1,200 square foot building, but a manufacturing facility can move in next door. In a conversation with another small business owner on Shelby Street just last week, her words were, Planning and design is a mess, and Louisville just isn't small business friendly. 
These are real barriers to small business in District 6 where neighborhood small businesses are becoming the backbone in transforming our area into a more walkable, family-friendly community. The conversation left me both frustrated and enthusiastic for the opportunity to advocate for District 6. My candidacy is my effort to become more involved and positively impact these changes. Thank you, Mr. Dean, and again, apologies for no, the fine. Uh, timing issue. Uh, Councilman Batchen. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. Dean. Um, thank you for your service, first and foremost. Um, I would like to ask, um, you touched on public safety. Uh, do you think we have a, a gang issue in our community between gangs and neighborhood gangs, and how do you plan on combating that and working with the administration and LMPD and our public safety? Well, safety Councilman, you probably know better than I do if we have a gang issue, um, but I do know that we have a violence issue. Now, whether gangs contribute, I'm sure they do. Um, it is, it, is, it is on everybody's mind, public safety. Whether it's gangs, whether it's errant uh, kids in the streets, um, I, I can't speak specifically, quite honestly, to whether or not it's a gang issue. But I think that most people agree and understand that violence in our streets um, needs to be addressed head on and in the immediate future. Councilman Arthur. Uh, who's going to be on your screen on your left. Peace, which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? When I, uh, when I left active duty service, I joined up with my, well, Louisville's local Habitat for Humanity chapter. Um, and I, I assumed it as a full-time volunteer gig. And... It was an experience to really dive into these neighborhoods that are having affordable housing built in them. And that left me with an opportunity to work with people in our community, volunteers, who are trying to make a change, who want to do better for the community. And that was really the spark that ignited my interest in local government from the get-go. The opportunity to lead volunteers, uh, some of which were there because they really wanted to but may not have had the skills to build a home, um, but working with them and helping to channel their energy into positive effect, I think, really um, trained me for the opportunity to lead constituents. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, just a clarifying point and then a, a, a question about it. Um, were you part of a, a group of three people who brought a lawsuit against now Senator David Yates to change his name or to disqualify him off the ballot during the primary when he was running for Senate? That's me, yes. So the, the question is, in as part of your suit to disqualify him, you said, or one of the statements in the suit said, that the misrepresent, re, misrepresentation of his name, and I've always known him as David Yates, I didn't even know he had a first name of Charles, but you were saying that by not putting his first name Charles, it was, quote, constitutes a form of voter suppression, but my understanding is his name has always been David Yates uh, on ballots, going back to when he was first elected to Metro Council, so 
why wouldn't it have been a form of voter suppression to force him to use Charles, which would have been confusing to people who have already voted for him? It was our understanding that his use of Charles when his, was in every business capacity, his licensing included, property ownership. We felt that him not having a first initial on that ballot was a form of voter suppression. Councilwoman Fowler. Over here, sir. Hey. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you again. Um, so are you planning on running uh, in the 2024 uh, primary? I'm considering it. Um, okay. You know, between now and then, there's a special election. Right. Uh, I have to, you know, I have to say that whoever is likely appointed, or whoever's appointed by this body uh, is let's face it, unlikely to be here in January of 2025. Um, but I am strongly considering it. I am. Okay. I've been through an election in a primary, as Councilman Piagettini pointed out. I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's possible. So why do you think it would be highly unlikely that they would be here in January of 2025? The Metro Council does not have a great record of appointing folks that are still serving. Okay. Count, Councilman Reed. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mr. President, and uh, thank you for your, uh, for your service, uh, Mr. Dean. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Louisville, the city, not being business friendly, not, not being small business friendly, and as a small business man myself, I'm kind of curious as to what you mean by that and if you could give me some examples as to how we're not business friendly. I think that the, I, and I want to speak specifically to District 6 here, uh, as I know it. Um, the Logan and Shelby Street corridors are undergoing dramatic change at this moment. They're converting that street, those streets into two-way which the small business owners and neighborhoods are strong advocates for. Um, that said, the zoning up and down that corridor is not friendly to small businesses that are trying to move into the area. It's extremely inconsistent, and for that reason, it's very restrictive on who can be in which properties. That's just the example I want to point out in District 6, Councilman. Thank you. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you. Hello, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm sorry, it's hard to find you. It's okay. I'm gonna piggyback off a question that was kind of already asked, but wasn't answered. And that is about the, it is not so much of a gang issue as it is a neighborhood issue. Um, and one of those neighborhoods are in Park Hill. Right. And my boots are to the ground. So. My colleague may not know, but I do. Um, and I just kind of want to know exactly how you plan on bridging that gap uh, with LMPD and the Park Hill community because they really don't go in Park Hill. So how would you make that happen, I, being that you, you, you're big on public safety? I am, and I, I, I mentioned it in the introduction, but the opportunity to interact with LMPD in more positive ways and not just talking to them in a squad car, uh, I think can go a long distance towards improving that relationship. 
And it is, it is police presence too, though, in the neighborhoods. Um, it's making an effort to put on the calendar uh, neighborhood gatherings that are sponsored by um, Louisville Metro police officers, whoever's in charge of that district, that policing district. It's getting out there, building trust in LMPD, which is lacking at the moment. Um, you know, I think a lot of people want more transparency when it comes to the constituents and law enforcement. And I don't think LMD, LMPD is doing a good job of being transparent. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever been in Park Hill before? I have been in Park Hill, yes. Yeah, okay. Just I, I must admit, though, it was me passing through. It was not me spending time in Park Hill. Okay. Thank you. Councilman Hudson. Thank you, Mr. President. And uh, thank you, Mr. Dean. Uh, I'd like to circle back uh, to the issue of public safety. And the, the low-hanging fruit with public safety is obviously uh, LMPD. Could you explore for me uh, some of your ideas on the other facets of public safety, such as our jail or justice reform? My wife was a public defender for about two years. And like many public defenders, uh, she got burnt out. It's in a tremendous caseload. Um, we ask a lot of those public servants for the little pay that they receive. Uh, I know, having uh, been a family member of one. Um, in my opinion, we need to look hard at the funding piece for our public defenders. Do we have enough? Are we paying them adequately? Because those are the representatives of the indigent, indignant, excuse me, that cannot afford the representation, that may be being targeted uh, based on where they live, um, based on what they look like. And I think that a, a hard look, starting with the public defender's office, quite frankly, could go a long way in reforming our justice system here in the city. Thank you. Mr. Dean, you've got one minute for a closing. As I mentioned, I, I want to be involved. I'm trying to be involved. Um, I think that I can bring a unique perspective to this body. Uh, you don't see uh, UofL on my resume. Um, I'm a, an outsider, if you will. I, I still laugh at the question, you know, where did I go to school? Um, and I think that there's real value in bringing outside perspective into a, a body like this. I think that there's real value in bringing um, new blood, of course, but also someone who has different lived experiences. Um, and, I, and I want you to strongly consider my, my candidacy. Thank you very much for your time. Mr. Dean, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to our country. Uh, you may, if you would like to do so, you may watch the remaining interviews down in the first floor conference room. You're under no obligation to do so, but appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Madam Clerk, uh, oh, can, colleagues, uh, candidate number seven, Dr. Olivia Kelly has withdrawn, so you may strike that name from. Um, uh, we've already mentioned number eight, uh, so we are going to go to um, Madam Clerk, the next candidate, candidate number 10, I believe. John Gonder. Mr. Gonder, welcome. 
Uh, you're going to sit right down here. Uh, the microphone's already on. We'll just ask you to speak into it so that folks online can hear you. Um, there's going to be a timer on the screen on our right. You're going to have three minutes for an opening. We're going to have 10 minutes for questions. We'd ask you to keep your answers fairly concise so that we can get through as many questions as possible. And then you'll have a minute at the end to close. Uh, some of our uh, colleagues are online virtually. They'll be on the screen on your left. So whenever you're ready, you may begin, and your three minutes will start. Yes, uh, I'm John Gonder. I reside in the 6th District um, in the Germantown neighborhood. I own a business there, and I'm president of the Neighborhood Association. The 6th District is a sprawling, diverse district uh, from the highlands in the east to the uh, California neighborhood in the west. A drive through the district points out the disparities between the east side and the west side of it. The west side has block after block with multiple boarded-up houses, the east side has dumpsters in the streets where houses are being primped by flippers hoping for a quick profit. One end of the district is held up as an example of revival in which developers are spoon-fed incentives, while the other reflects neighborhoods set adrift by unsound policies and willful neglect, inviting vandalism, crime, and disinvestment. How can we ex expect young people to thrive in neighborhoods that have been brought low by so many years of neglect? Fortunately, a lot of kids find encouragement and do excel beating the odds. My 12 years of experience in government in New Albany, five on the plan commission and eight in elective office as an at-large council and representing the entire city, gives me a background I believe can benefit the 6th district. This experience places me further along the learning curve for this interim position, and I think I, hitting the ground with some experience in government would be an asset in this particular situation. Beyond governmental experience, my business experience offers relevant and valuable background for this position. My wife and I own a large commercial building in Germantown, Hope Worsted Mills. We bought the building in 1999 after the previous owner defaulted. Today the business is solvent and thriving. It is filled with over 40 tenants, many of whom make a living in the businesses they operate there. I'd like to draw from this experience I've gained in my business to do what I can to help people in the district who have entrepreneurial dreams to follow them toward building their own livelihoods and hopefully intergenerational wealth for their families. Two of my strongest interests are environmental protection and historic preservation, which I see as two sides of the same coin. I'd like to be part of a team that helps Louisville move to a more sustainable, environmentally responsible future. I'm aware of the limited impact a single councilman, especially an interim council appointee, can have influencing a city to move in a direction I wish. For one thing, 25 other members have their own visions for the city, and for another, the mayor and his administration are the major actors setting priorities and policies. Regardless, I'd like to work with this body, help this council move Louisville ahead in any way I can. Thank you for your time tonight, and uh, look forward to your questions. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Chapel. Sure. Hello, John. Um, right over here. Um, how do you, I had two questions. Um, how do you see environmental protection coming into play in District 6 and also in Louisville as a whole? And then also, how do you feel about the development of the Urban Government Center? Well, as I said, I, I look at the environmental protection as a, a two-sided coin with uh, historic preservation being part of it. 
And uh, in general, I mean, there was a study, not a study, but the previous Mayor Fisher had talked about uh, the dwindling tree canopy. And uh, that's something that needs to be addressed. And um, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of that getting any better. I mean, I know there are plans on the, on the, on the drawing board and whatnot, but uh, that's, uh, that's what I think of that can be done on a, on a, on a basis, on a local basis without, without dealing with uh, holes in the ozone and things like that. But I mean, we do contribute to those, those, those problems. I don't mean to minimize it, but uh, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, just creating better, more inviting park uh, environments for people to, to get out in the open. And um, you asked about the Urban Government Center, and uh, that is a, an issue that we've been taking up in our, uh, in our neighborhood association. That is a perfect example of, uh, I think, a missed opportunity where we could have, uh, that's publicly owned property, and um, I believe that I believe that public land should be in the public realm, whether it be a park or uh, held in held in reserve for uh, something of uh, general use, like a school or a, even a hospital or something like that. But I think to turn it over to uh, private development is uh, shortchanging the citizens. Councilman Piazzantini. Thank you, Mr. President. <clears throat> in your opening statement, you talked it sounded like disparagingly against flipping, uh, house flipping. But, but you spoke uh, also about helping, uh, wanting people to create generational wealth. A lot of that's created through real estate. You yourself, sounds like you purchased mm -hmm. a building that wasn't in great condition, yes. put it into better condition. It's turning a profit for you, and, and you may sell one day, um, which you know, might be longer term than traditional flipping, but nonetheless, it's buying, renovating, selling. So I'm curious about, uh, and by the way, most of the flippers I know are, are people in their 20s and 30s trying to build wealth. They're doing it through that process, which is renovating uh, underutilized properties and making them more beautiful, mm -hmm. right, to be able to sell them. So I'm curious about your issue with that and, and how that jives with the work that you've done. I guess what I've, if, if there is any disparagement in what I said about people flipping houses, I'm talking about the ones who just, uh, they put a coat of paint on something, they don't do any of the, the necessary work to make it really a better inhabitable space. Uh, we, our building is next door to a house that has been, I guess you'd say flipped two or three times. Uh, the, the first and the worst of them was uh, uh, the guys just came along and they just put vinyl siding over the windows. They didn't do anything uh, to take care of the, the structural problems in the building. That's, that's where I would see, see some, where I would, I think, rightfully disparage those types of practices. Taking a, a neighborhood like Germantown and around in there, where you have houses that that had fallen into, uh, they became too much for the, for the uh, existing owners. They, they were getting too old to take care of them, that type of thing. To hand that over to someone else who's gonna take that and build, rebuild, re, uh, 
redevelop that house. That's not a, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean to cast that aspersion, but it's something that it is causing problems for the neighborhood, for the people that are, that are the, the original residents who are being sort of uh, faced with the, the, the problems of gentrification where the taxes are going up beyond what they're able to, to, uh, to afford. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with fixing up a house, and if you're going to put the effort into doing that, you deserve to be paid for it. But, but I, it's, it becomes a, sometimes becomes a, the, the, that house I mentioned, as a matter of fact, is now on its third uh, renovation. Those guys have uh, seven or eight other houses under, under construction or renovation right now. Uh, I don't know that that is the, I don't know if that's the best way to, to uh, reju rejuvenate a neighborhood. And if you take that same process into the, the boarded up houses I spoke, spoke about, uh, those are houses that could be, we have a housing shortage. Those would be uh, houses that could be uh, gainfully flipped, if you will. Mr. Gondard, you have a number of people on queue, so you may just want to keep your answers a little more concise. Um, Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, thanks for being here, Mr. Gondor. How are you? Thank you. Um, I had a couple of questions in one that I want to kind of ask you. You said that, um, that you've been doing this for 12 years, and I know you touched on the California area, the California Park area, um, and you touched on the Germantown area a whole lot, but you really didn't touch on the Park Hill area. Have you ever been to Park Hill? And I wanted to know if you have been to Park Hill, um, Councilman Piangettini spoke on the properties. Um, because if you go to Park Hill and if you go to the California area, um, I'm just trying to determine who determines how these people fix these houses up. What, what does that look like for you? Because it's a lot of those properties in Park Hill area and California area. And I don't think the California area is in District 6 anymore. I was referring specifically to houses that are boarded up, obviously vacant, and not ones that have been, um, you know, renovated, rejuvenated. And I used to, I used to uh, work in the neighborhood. Uh, it was one of the one of the locations of our business. It was on Beach Street, and uh, so that's about what 28th and Beach, I think, something like that. Okay, thank you. Councilwoman Fowler. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for being here, sir. Um, I was wondering if um, you plan to pursue the party nomination, um, whether you are appointed or not, in 2024. I would probably not, honestly. I, I, that's why I view this as an interim position. And um, I have a, a focus on, on the Germantown area as the lady mentioned and i think that uh looking at the district uh my exposure to it uh there are probably people in more in the western part of the district that would that would uh would serve that serve the district more than i could uh, i don't have a lot of time to do it beyond uh, uh age is a factor for me as well so Okay. I don't. I would not be expecting to make a career out of 
being on the council. Okay, thank you for the information. Councilman Reed. Thank you, Mr. President. You said that you served uh, in New Albany. Uh, what committees did you serve on? Uh, we had a redistricting committee, I was on that. Uh, I've been out for six years and uh, we had, I was on the parks committee, I was on uh, the, uh, we had a, a relationship with the, with the casino where money was handed out over as part of an arra arrangement. Uh, money was um, shared between the, the casino and uh, our county government and the city got involved as well. But there is, there's no uh, uh, marriage of county and city in, 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 in New Albany. So, um, but we had a, uh, worked on that one. Um, I can't remember them all actually. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. Gonda, I just have a quick question for you. If you are selected, and you said that this would be short term. Do you plan to host the Jazz and Central Park this summer as it has been um, hosted there many years? Thank you. I certainly wouldn't want to uh, abend anything that's been, that's been established. I wouldn't want to go, I would, as I said, I would be looking at this as an interim position. I know the election occurs in November and uh, I would expect someone who wants to make a run on the, on the next election to be able to step up at that point. Thank you, Mr. Gunner. You have one minute to wrap up. Any closing comments? Well, I've, I hope you've uh, read through my resume. Uh, most of my, all of my experience in government has been uh, in New Albany, although we've, we've lived here only for five or six years. Uh, we've had a business for since 1999, and uh, um, we, we enjoy living here and have uh, witnessed some uh, very good trends just in the, in the 24 years we've been here, and hope they continue and hope they spread throughout the district. Thank you. Mr. Garner, thank you sir, for your interest in the position and your time this evening. Uh, if you would like, you are welcome to stay and watch in the first floor conference room. You're under no obligation uh, to do so. But thank you for coming. Thank you. Madam Clerk, the next candidate, please. Kate Dittmeyer, home. Good evening. Do you go by uh, Ms. Dittmeyer, home or Ms. Home? Ms. Dittmeyer, home, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right here. Uh, the microphone's already on. We'll just ask you to speak clearly into the microphone so the folks online can hear you. Uh, you're going to start on the right. You'll see there's going to be a timer. You're going to have three minutes for an introduction on the screen on the right. You'll see okay. it'll just kind of keep you on time. Uh, we're going to have 10 minutes for questions. We'll just ask you to uh, keep your, your answers fairly concise so we can get through as many questions as possible. Uh, when the gongs go off, you can just sort of wrap up. What You don't have to you know, stop immediately, sort of wrap up whatever thought you're on. Um, and then you'll have a minute to close uh, at the end. Some of our panelists are online. They'll be on the screen on the left. Uh, and whenever you're ready, you may begin, and your three minutes will start. Okay. Good evening. My name is Kate Dittmeyer-Holm. I'm an attorney and a longtime Old Louisville resident. My husband and I are the proud parents of two children who are JCPS elementary school students. 
There are many reasons why I love where I live, but community is one of the big reasons I'm rooted in Old Louisville. It's the reason each of you and the people across Louisville are rooted to their neighbors, their neighborhoods. We love our neighbors and we're connected to them. Strengthening community is key to the challenges that we face. If I know you and you know me, then we have a connection. If we live in the same place, then we have shared interests. And as we get to know one another and learn what we have in common, which is almost always more than we initially think, we strengthen that connection and we care more about one another. Most of the challenges we face stem from policies that eroded community and perpetuated poverty. These are systemic problems. And as a society, we have placed the burden of systemic problems on individuals. For people to work, we need strong public transportation and quality childcare options. We need community safety for people to be well. But our systems are inadequate. Good policy and fostering community are the antidotes. My priorities are addressing affordable housing, community safety, and equitable development. I see the problems we face, but I'm also optimistic and filled with hope. We can solve problems that face the people living in our city with connection, collaboration, and good ideas that are supported by evidence. Our job as policymakers is to laser focus on the root causes of issues and address them. Professionally, I have walked with people who have been the victims of crime, people who have been convicted of crimes, and people who have experienced both. As a result, I've spent many years thinking about the root causes of crime and violence and the solutions to community safety. I've also been married to a gun violence survivor for 17 years, so the effects of trauma experienced by people in our city is deeply personal to me and my family. District 6 deserves a workhorse representative, someone who will give the district her full attention and will, who will hit the ground running on Thursday evening after your vote. Someone who has experience with serving people who call her office looking for help, someone who is prepared to field 80 to 90 constituent calls each day and work collaboratively for solutions to her community's problems. Someone who knows how to connect and listen and build relationships. Someone who is ready to meet with individuals and organizations in every neighborhood from Park Hill to Paris Town Point and every neighborhood in between. One of the ways I would do that is to create a neighborhood advisory board modeled on District 4's to listen, collaborate, and connect with 20 members of the district on a regular basis. Good leadership encompasses listening to others. And that is especially critical now since the voters of District 6 will not get a say in who their representative is until November. Thank you. Councilman Arthur, who's going to be on the screen on your left. Peace. Which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? So um, I think that uh, that would be my work as an attorney. Um, so, um, you know, as an attorney, um, you're, you learn law in law school, but the main thing that you learn um, in law school is to solve problems, and that's practically what you do each day. And so um, I think that, um, you know, when you have people call your office uh, because they have concerns about trash or potholes, um, they're bringing issues to you that need to be solved. And it's no different than when people call your office with legal issues, um, but then also the collateral issues that go along. You might be solving their, um, their, their legal problem for their, their visa or um, defending them in a, a criminal 
case, but um, there are other issues that go along with that too that they need help with, and so that practical experience of solving problems, I think, um, is, is what is most relevant to the task at hand. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Thanks for being here. You wrote a very detailed letter to accompany this, so thank you for that. I do have a question about something you stated here. You said, um, quote, what, quote, when you support people's rights to affordable housing, health care, education, a living wage, and other essential needs, community safety and well-being follows for everyone. So first of all, can you, can you please explain when you say rights, to what extent would you use policy to guarantee these things? And secondly, is it your understanding that if you have those, safety is guaranteed, or are there other reasons that safety may not be? Thank you. Well, I don't think that it's necessary. There are no guarantees in life, right? Um, but what I mean by that is that if you uh, support the basic needs of people, so to make sure that uh, they have what they need in terms of housing um, and a, a living wage and health care, um, then, uh, then what you do is uh, make it so that they can be productive citizens. Um, and it, uh, these are poverty and the trauma of poverty um, are things that are some of the factors that undergird uh, crime and uh, issues with community safety. And so um, I've seen through my work um, that these are the root of those issues. And so I believe that if you address those, that community safety follows from that. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you. Thanks. This is a great resume. I have a couple of questions. Have you ever spent any time in Park Hill? Um, I have been to Park Hill, yes. Okay. When you say you've been, what does that look like, uh, you know, along your visits? Um, so I have I've driven the entire district um, to be familiar with it. Um, I do not have strong connections in Park Hill. I am familiar with it as part of the district. Um, and so, so you just rode through the district? You just rode through Park Hill? Yes, I, yes, I do not have strong connections in okay. that neighborhood. So what have you, um, what would you do if you were appointed to try to bridge the gap with LMPD and that part of your district? Or are you familiar with any of the crime or anything that goes on in that district? Yes, I am familiar. Um, I'm familiar with the, the Reland development there um, and with the, with the Rodea chemical plant site um, and that project in the works. Um, I'm familiar with the, the Park Hill housing um, and the, the trash issue that was happening last summer. Um, and I, I know that it is an underinvested community, and so it would be one of my priorities um, to ensure that, that money was invested in that community um, because it hasn't historically been. Um, and so uh, I would take very seriously building relationships there because, as I said, I don't have strong ties to Park Hill um, or Algonquin, and so I would be concerned with doing that. Um, as far as building relationships with LMPD, um, one of my first priorities would be to have meetings with all stakeholders, including um, the LMPD uh, uh, station there that's, uh, that's in Park Hill, um, and to get to know those people, because I believe that relationship building is, is the key to progress. Thank you. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you for being here. 
I have a question for you regarding the neighborhoods in District 6. Some of these neighborhoods have been underserved in the past years. So, you know, they, they're going to offer a challenge. And I'd like to know how would you approach uh, in making sure that these neighborhoods receive services as the other neighborhoods do and, and should be served? Thank you. Yes, so again, I think it's about uh, making that a priority. Um, you know, first of all, I do recognize that these neighborhoods have been uh, underinvested in, um, and I'm concerned about that, and I think it's an equity issue. Um, and you know, we talked about equity, not equality, and so where there has been uh, neglect, we have to make up for that. And so I think one of the ways that we do that is building relationships, and I, you know, one of my priorities is to uh, build relationships. I have identified people that I want to talk to uh, in Park Hill uh, in particular um, and to to get to know them um, and to build those relationships and f listen to the community, like really listen to the community um, because, you know, the person who is the, is the council person, there's leadership there, but leadership means listening to other people and collaborating. It doesn't come from the person in that role necessarily it's building those relationships and listening to the community councilman fowler um thank you mr president how are you doing today i'm fine thanks um so are you part were you part of emerge kentucky yes i am okay. a member of the class of 2023 that's what i thought i remembered your name um i, I wondered if you had planned on running um, whether you were appointed or not um in 2024 Yes, I okay. plan to. Thank you. Councilman Hudson. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, you, you, you very eloquently uh, described what you feel are some of the elements that contribute to the um, rise in, in, in crime in the area and the public safety issues. Uh, I would submit to you that um, there are some others, including uh, the prevalence of, of drug activity and gang activity in the area. Uh, first, first, do you agree that those are our contributors, and if so, what what would you do to um, help eliminate those? Yes, we have um, we have a gang problem, and we have uh, problems with drugs. And but I think that the uh, the root causes of some of those things are the same as I just talked about. Um, and so, one of the things that I'm really excited about is that the Office of Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods. Uh, has been funded and so is addressing this as the public health crisis that it is. Um, I also think that, uh, well, that's an important part of, if we look at this, um, addressing these issues as having a toolbox. So we have policing as one tool, but we are ex need to expand that toolbox. And so I would say the Office of Self Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods and their programming is also in that toolbox. Um, and so I think that um, the other thing is that we have to look at our tools that we have, like policing, and say, are these working for us? Are they outdated? Are there things that, that we need to do? And I would say, yes, that we uh, are in need of reform as well, because you can have great people working in a system, but if it's a broken system or a system that needs help with its culture or um, with its training um, in the way that we use police, then um, you're gonna keep getting the same results over and over again, which is what we keep seeing. Thank you. 
there are no more questions, you may have one minute to uh, for any closing thoughts. Okay, thank you. So Old Louisville is my community, but it's just one neighborhood in a diverse collection of neighborhoods in District 6. I'm committed to building a bridge across the district using communication and collaboration and ensuring that resources are equitably distributed to make improvements where they're needed most, including areas that have historically not been invested in. If I'm selected as a District 6 council member, I will feel a heightened sense of responsibility to work hard and show up for the people of the district because they didn't get a say in who their representative was this time around. I'm certain that I have something in common with each and every member of this council, in addition to the fact that we all live in and love this city. We may have different worldviews and disagree on certain issues and ideas, but I really believe that common ground exists and that we can find it. I'm committed to doing that work. I think that operating that way is in the interest of District 6 and the city as a whole. Thank you for your time tonight and have a wonderful evening. Mr. Meyerholm, thank you so much for your time and interest in the position. Uh, if you are interested in watching the remainder of the candidates, you may do so in the first floor conference room, but you're under no obligation to do so. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman. Madam Clerk, the next candidate, please. Trey Broadus. Mr. Broadus, welcome. You're gonna sit right here. Uh, the microphone's already on. If you could just make sure to speak into it so the folks online hear you. Uh, you're gonna have a three minute timer for an opening. You can see the timer on, you will be able to see the timer on the screen on the right. Uh, we'll have about 10 minutes for questions. If you could make sure to keep your answers fairly concise so we can get through as many questions as possible. Uh, when the timer goes off, if you just wanna wrap up whatever thought you're on, you don't have to cut off that moment. Um, and then you'll have one minute for a closing at the end. Uh, some of our panelists are on the screen on the left if they're virtual, so you may look up there as well. So whenever you're ready, you may begin and we will start your three minute timer. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My name is Trey Broadus. I am 27 years old and I live in the Algonquin neighborhood. I initially offered my candidacy to ensure that there was at least one person whom I trust applying for this position. As there are others that I trust speaking with you today, I would instead like to focus on my secondary goals of connecting with long-term community builders and presenting actionable policy goals to the council that will improve material conditions for those living here. If even one community member reaches out to me or one policy recommendation is implemented, I will have considered my candidacy successful. This policy list is not an exhaustive one, nor do I think I will be able to finish it within my speaking limit. If any council or community members would like to discuss more in depth, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Without further ado, as we're in an affordable housing crisis, we should impose a moratorium on demolishing low-income housing and should seek to fulfill our land development code reform obligations by ensuring all residential properties with easy one zoning are more appropriately zoned. If we implemented such measures earlier, Lawton Court in District 6 would never have been slated for demolition. I'm happy to see Mayor Greenberg is tackling issues with affordable housing. However, to my knowledge, this initiative focuses on housing at 50% area median income. Our greatest housing need is for those at 30% AMI and below, so we should focus on securing citizens at that income level. Metro government should take a more critical look at the Louisville Land Bank to ensure more community voices have input. To combat food insecurity, we should create a land use program that allows urban farmers to cultivate on empty Metro-owned land as soon as possible and should ultimately aim to convert those properties to low-income housing, potentially through the creation of a public developer. 
TARC has identified several great initiatives in their long-range plan, including bus rapid transit on 4th Street, and we should seek to get them resources they need to implement those plans, ideally with a more, immediately, a more immediate timeline of implementation. This would be more easily managed if Metro government were to create a Department of Transportation, an idea that Mayor Greenberg has expressed support for, as well as by increasing TARC's funding pool. We should look to Denver's wildly successful e-bike rebate program and offer one ourselves. In conjunction, we need to develop a connected bike network, bike network with se physical separation from cars in order to make it viable network for commuters, children, and the elderly. At the Bikes, Crews, Brews, and Streets for People Biking Summit, Mayor Greenberg expressed support for a bourbon byway concept uh, modeled after, after Indianapolis's cultural trail, which is an arterial bike path connecting major businesses, parks, hotels, and city, city landmarks. Streetsforpeople.org has an excellent policy proposal page li listing similar initiatives if anybody is interested. Circular economies, including grocery co-ops, worker-owned businesses, farmers markets, and the like, are an excellent way to uplift people out of lower income brackets by more equally sharing the startup costs and the profits of the business, and building community as a third place. We should seek to incentivize these developments by creating You may just, for the record, you may wrap one? up your thoughts. I'll, I'll yes. finish that one. Uh, we should seek to incentivize these developments by creating a circular economies coordinator position and who seeks out and disperses funding opportunities for such businesses and help them assist uh, navigating the startup process for those businesses. And Thank I'll, you. I'll end it there. Uh, Councilman Arthur. Peace. Which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? I would say the fact that I have worked a myriad of positions, um, all in working class uh, positions. I've been a W-2 um, all of my life, uh, except for whenever I was doing DoorDash as an independent contractor. I've worked at Amazon, I've worked at UPS, I currently work at UPS. And I think that has offered me perspective um, that, and, and connection with other people who have been in similar positions. Um, I've been in struggle, uh, struggle jobs for a while. And um, now that I'm at UPS and have um, more stability, I would like to uh, use that to help my community. Councilwoman Hawkins. So right. you live oh, So you live off Algonquin? Yes. Okay. So how long have you been living there? Um, I have lived there nine years. Nine years. Okay. So what what are some or one of the most greatest uh, contributions that's in the Park Hill neighborhood? That's in the Park Hill neighborhood? Uh -huh. Um well I I think that um, the a great contribution is actually the Park Lawn, neighborhood, Park Lawn uh, public housing development right uh, in the Park Hill neighborhood. No, 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 oh. Park Hill, not Parkland, Park Hill. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, What's already there and what can you contribute to that? Can you name one thing that's in that area of your district that is already there that you can contribute or expand uh, well, actually, um, I believe two Saturdays ago, I was at the Park Hill um, Community Garden, and I, I am very much a person who um, sees community gardens as a third place, uh, a place to build community, and I, I, I honestly feel separated from um, the rest of Algonquin 
and Park, Park Hill because of Algonquin Parkway. Um, I, I am on the most south, uh, southeast portion of the Algonquin neighborhood. Have you been in Park Hill? Yes, I have. Okay. So is there anything already there? Are you saying the garden? I, I, I really like the Park Hill Community Garden, yes. You like the community garden? Okay. So Council is there anything that you would add to that to, for the youth? Yeah, I, I would love to see more maker spaces. Um, I would love to see that come around um, the community garden. And the reason I name that is because it is one of the few examples of a third space that I can think of in the Algonquin and the Park Hill neighborhoods. We are uh, historically disinvested in community. And um, another thing I would like to see in Algonquin specifically is a strong neighborhood association um, developed from that. To my knowledge, we do not have one. I have reached out to Center for Neighborhoods to um, find out if we have. Just a little information about the area. They have a community center. Yep. Thank you. Councilman Hawkins, thank you. Councilman Owen. Um, thank you, Mr. President. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, I, I, your opening <laughs> statement was a little bit confusing for me. Um, you said you ran initially because you were worried that there wouldn't be qualified candidates to run, but then you said there are many qualified candidates to mm -hmm. run, and so then you kind of changed your approach. Did you withdraw your candidacy at that point, or did, are you still wanting to be considered for, the, for, this, for this seat? I would still like to be considered, but I decided to change tack because this is an appointment process and not a special election. Um, I, I do not, people in District 6 do not get to vote. And so before we, um, when we initially submitted our responses, we did not know our, our interest of, uh, in applying. <clears throat> We did not know if there were other people. Um, we did not know what candidates were applying. That was not revealed until after we had completed our application process. Um, and there are people that I would like to support, but I wanted to use this opportunity to present, um, present ideas to the council, as well as to reach out uh, to the community to say, I am here to help if you would like to let me. Councilwoman Chapman. How do you feel about the development of the Urban Government Center? Um, I will be completely honest. I've heard of that, but I have not looked too into depth of it. Councilman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I was wondering if, um, whether you are appointed or not, would you um, pursue running in 2024? Um, I do not currently seek to do that. If anything, I would seek uh, a board seat on the uh, Soil and Conservation District. Okay, but you're not interested in running in 2024? No, I would like to be a support for the council person. Thank you. Councilman Batchum. Um, that twisted. Thank you, Sandy, for asking that, but uh, thanks, Mr. President. Well, I was gonna ask, so you've got a position at UPS, and if you were nominated for this board or for this council how would you do both if possible um what is your position at ups and, and is that structurally sound to to serve on this council and work there with my position at ups i imagine i would be able to um, coordinate with my manager to make it a part-time position so that way i could devote more time to this position um, if that was not amenable with my management at UPS, I would uh, fulfill this position instead and seek employment after November. Yeah, there's no one else at Q. Yeah. So, so if, let's just say, if you were 
filling this position, would you go up for the 2024 election? Um, if I were, I, I, don't, I don't think I would because I think that the incumbency has um, a huge um, benefit and I would not feel uh, great about being an incumbent and having that advantage if I were an appointed position. There are no further questions. Uh, you have one minute for any closing comments. Thank you. Many of the initiatives I've talked about tonight have centered around changing our built environment for more equitable modalities of transportation. Such initiatives require funding. I see, two, I see two primary mechanisms to increase that funding pool, and I think both require great consideration. Option one is to increase the occupational tax funding for TARC from 0.2% to as close to the 1% cap as is viable for the council to pursue. The other option comes in two parts. One, we should audit LMPD to determine exactly how much of their $210 million is devoted to traffic safety. Two, once we have that figure, we should consider using those funds to create an entirely separate department under TARC or the proposed Louisville Metro Department of Transportation that focuses on traffic safety through automated measures and smart street design. There's been a lot of talk about trust between LMPD and the community. 51% of police-civilian interactions are traffic stops, and that is not an environment to build trust. With that, I'd like to thank you all for your time, and I hope to speak with a number of you in the future. Mr. Burris, thank you so much for your interest and time tonight. Uh, if you are so interested, you may watch the remainder of the candidates in the first floor conference room, but you're under no obligation to do so. Thank you for coming. Madam Clerk uh, and colleagues, uh, candidate number 17, Dr. Allison Scott Pruitt has also withdrawn, so you may strike that one from your uh, agenda. Um, Madam Clerk, the next candidate, please. Steven Peterson. Mr. Peterson, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right here. Uh, the microphone's already on. would ask you just to speak into it so they can hear you online. Uh, on the screen on the right, we're going to start a timer. You've got three minutes for an introduction. You can sort of look at the time as uh, to help you, guide you. Um, we'll have 10 minutes for questions. would ask you to be as concise as possible so we can get through as many questions uh, as we like. When the gong goes off, you can just sort of, you don't have to stop mid-sentence, just sort of wrap up whatever thought uh, you're on. And at the end, you'll get one minute uh, for a closing. Uh, some of our colleagues are attending virtually. They'll be on the screen on your left. So you may direct your attention up there as well if you would like. Uh, whenever you're ready, you may begin. And uh, we'll start your three minutes. All right. Uh, good evening, Metro Council members. Thank you each for your time today. Um, special thanks to the Office of Metro Clerk for their quick turnaround and preparing all of the materials for these two days worth of meetings. Um, I'd also like to thank David James for his years of service to this body and to this community. And uh, my name is Steven Peterson, and I'm a lifelong Louisvillian and grew up in what is now District 10. After college, after earning my degree at the University of Louisville, I purchased a home in the Limerick neighborhood, which is, of course, in District 6, and uh, been an active, involved member of many different capacities for approximately 13 years I've been there. Uh, most of my weekends are spent in service to the neighborhood and the community. I uh, volunteer with the Limerick and Old Louisville Neighborhood Associations and am on uh, a committee that helps to improve the neighborhood through urban reforestation, um, tackling or trying to tackle vacant and abandoned properties and uh, beautification efforts as well. I uh, was honored to speak 
at Louisville's HBCU. I was invited to speak to a sociology class. Uh, they were studying the uh, Limerick neighborhood and asset-based community development, so that was pretty uh, pretty impressive for me. I, I was, when I got that call, I was like, wow. Um, uh, currently, I chair a Metro uh, planning subcommittee. I was appointed by this body and reappointed to. Um, through that committee, I've been able to, uh, due to the ordinance, you can assist with quorum in all seven of the uh, geographic locations. So I've been able to serve in Parkland, Cherokee Triangle, West Main Street, Butchertown. Um, so I've gained a great perspective for what developers are wanting to do to invest into this community. And also, the other side, what the public uh, servants need to know or what goes into it as well as what how it might affect the neighbors and residents. Um, and what I will promise you is some sincere involvement and stewardship of the district during this interim period ahead. I have in the past completed training in NDF grants and also in records. Uh, the Attorney General's office sent uh, someone down to train all the planning committee members um, on the Open Records Act. So I feel like that would sort of give me somewhat of a leg up on having some training to maybe not need so much up training, so to speak, during this interim period. I'm delighted to be here and happy to take your questions. Thank you, Mr. Peterson. Uh, Councilman Arthur, who's gonna be on the screen. Thank you, and full disclosure to my colleagues, that was my class he came to speak to. Thank you for coming to do that piece. Uh, which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? Thank you for the question, Councilman. I would say when I moved into the Limerick neighborhood, I realized that the Limerick Neighborhood Association had sort of lapsed, and uh, I set out to try to bring that back. Uh, I went door to door, met everybody in the Limerick neighborhood, uh, went to areas where people would say maybe not to go, um, made acquaintances, friends, people I still talk to to this day. Um, was proud to say that uh, then Councilman Owen uh, was generous enough to uh, come and uh, give uh, a great history. Um, I think I would say that I think there were close to 100 people at that inaugural meeting and three council people. So. Long-winded answer, but thank you for the question. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you for being here. I just want to know if you are selected, would you continue the Jazz in Central Park concert that uh, former Councilman James put on every year? Uh, I would want to review, you know, how that has gone. Um, I, I enjoy it thoroughly, and I know that it's a popular event. I just would make sure that it's, you know, still financially viable and be a good steward of the council funds. I know there's a separate allotment for music, uh, so just, but more than likely, I wouldn't want to see that tradition go. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Have you been in Park Hill before? 
Park Hill? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about your experience? So when I'm in Park Hill, I'm sort of depressed. I look around and there's buildings that are vacant, boarded up, burned down. There's grass growing up and weeds growing up the side of them. Uh, there's not a lot of options for healthy foods for the folks that live there, nor are there in the Limerick neighborhood where I live. Our grocery store was taken away. But um, to answer your question, yes, I have been in Park Hill, and I do think that it is sometimes forgotten or given a bad rap, and it definitely could use a whole of government uh, sort of make sure it's not getting left out. Councilman Piagetini. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thanks for being here, appreciate it. Uh, if you could do me a favor and pinpoint maybe the three top issues for District 6, and then maybe quickly, what would you attempt to do to try to address those? Thank you. Sure. Thank you for the question. Um, so in the past, when I've seen the numbers, I haven't seen recent numbers from uh, the Office of uh, Vacant and Abandoned Properties, but District 6 is often ranked pretty high with vacant and abandoned properties. So I would say that that would be a top issue. Um, number two, I would say that you know the district is, um, it's not got a very good tree canopy. It's the lowest in Metro. Um, that has health consequences, real health consequences. I, I was able to go and at the library, see a, um, a study that's been conducted through the Christina Lee Brown Enviro Institute. It's uh, actually a clinical trial, which is pretty impressive. Um, but I would say that would be a second one. And then really evaluating, there's a big void of industrial area just where the LNN railroad tracks used to be. And we've got a lot of chemical plants, uh, and just ensuring that maybe we don't have many more of those come if possible, or if they do, make sure that they're compatible and compliant with APCD regulations. And to the second part of your question, how I might tackle some of those things, I would like to see additional funding given to the issue of vacant and abandoned properties. Oftentimes, from what I've seen, it's just a legal matter. It's somebody's passed on, it didn't get squared away, and that takes a lot of research. And from when I recall, Metro had maybe one or two on-staff lawyers, two or three paralegals, and there's an inbox with this this high of vacant and abandoned properties, and there's no chance that they're gonna get through that. So um, whether we think creatively and get outside counsel or or what, um, that, that would be one possible solution. The urban tree canopy reforestation, I think we're doing a great job. The Neighborhood Association and the group that I'm a part of, we've planted over 600 trees with funding through MSD and uh, the Parks Forestry Division's uh, canopy restoration program. And then finally, I think just ensuring that the zoning is accurate, maybe getting uh, advanced planning to study the industrial area just to the west of the uh, 9th Street uh, and LNN railroad tracks just to ensure that, you know, it's equitable and that we're not putting the most harmful uh, 
uses near the most vulnerable population. Thank you. Councilwoman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. I'm over here, sorry. Yeah. Hi. Thank you, Ms. Fowler. Thank you for being here. I wondered if um, you plan to run in 2024, whether you were appointed to this position or not. Uh, thank you for the question. I would not be um, intending to run. Um, my goal would be just to be a sincere steward of the district just in this interim period. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, President. <clears throat> So, I know you said that you've been in Park Hill, and you know I agree with a lot of your um, survey while you was there. Do you feel like that Park Hill may need a community center or youth sports to help prevent a lot of the crime that goes on? Uh, thank you for the question, Councilwoman. And I would say that there, that is lacking uh, all throughout the district. There's a park at the end of my block, and there. It's not used. Um, there, there are, there's not a lot of options for anyone that wants to recreate. Um, there's no basketball goals. There's no, I mean, there's minimal swings. Um, so yes, it, it would be nice if, if there could be additional amenities. Okay, when you said additional amenities, like well, would it need a community center or it, would it help? Yeah, what would you implement? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So why not take one of those buildings? It's vacant grass growing out of the side of it. Maybe the person wants to sell it and uh, the city could help, you know, public private partnership would probably be the best way to go. So we don't burden our parks department with additional resources that they can't take care of. Um, okay. But yes, ma'am, I think that would be a, an excellent idea. Councilwoman Chapel. Um, how do you feel about the development of the Urban um, Government Center? Uh, thank you for the question. I am um, sort of mixed. Uh, you know, I hate to see a large, what seems to be perfectly fine hospital that could be turned into lofts, just like the College of Dentistry down at the Brook Street exit was just done so. Uh, demolished, but um, I think it's been said that the greenest building is the one that's already there that you don't have to build. Um, it's it's been a protracted process. Um, I, I um, understand that multiple developers have tried and failed, um, and I would like to definitely ensure that the development is something that's compatible with the neighborhood and that the neighbors are able to get the community benefits agreement squared away and uh, you know, just, um, yeah. Uh, Mr. Peterson, there are no other questions. You've got one minute for any closing statement. All right. Uh, well, just want to thank you all again for your time. Um, I know some, some Definitely some familiar faces here. Um, I would be, if chosen, uh, just just like willing to make sure that the council is represented uh, thoroughly uh, as much much as possible. I would want to be a servant leader, um, not to pick on you, uh, Councilman 
Owen, but one of the, one of the th memories that's indelible in my mind is uh, when I was driving down Eastern Parkway many years ago, uh, I saw a council person there who might have a sh shared the same last name as you uh, in a little triangle in the corner of uh, an intersection pulling weeds on his own time, and I just thought, that's, that's a dedicated public servant, and uh, that's the type of person I would want to be if chosen. Mr. Peterson, thank you for your interest in the position and your time this evening. Uh, if you would like, you may watch the remainder of the interviews in the first floor conference room, but you're no under, under no obligation to stick around. Uh, and thank you for your time this evening. Thank you. Uh, Madam Clerk, the next candidate. Chris Hartman. Mr. Hartman, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right here. The microphone's already on. I uh, would ask you just to speak into the microphone so everybody online can hear you. Uh, you'll have three minutes for an opening. Uh, there's going to be a timer on the screen on the right that can help uh, keep you on time. Uh, when it gongs, just finish any thought. You don't have to stop immediately mid-sentence. Just finish any thought you're on. Uh, we'll have 10 minutes for questions. would ask you to keep it fairly concise so we can get through as many questions as possible. Uh, and then you'll have a one minute uh, for any final closing thoughts. Uh, some of our uh, panelists are up on the screen on your left if they're virtual, so we may direct you over there. But whenever you're ready, you may begin, and we'll start your three minutes. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Friends, council members, thank you for your time tonight. I know that it is a long one. Uh, I'm Chris Hartman. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm, of course, seeking the appointment for District 6. Uh, and first, I do want to acknowledge and appreciate um, all of the incredible applicants for this role. Of the ones that I know, I truly would be proud to be represented by any of them. And many of you I already know through my 14 years of work with the Fairness Campaign, where I've helped advance LGBTQ discrimination protections to more than 150,000 Kentuckians all across our Commonwealth with local fairness ordinances in 21 Kentucky cities from Paducah and Henderson to Maysville, Moorhead, Augusta, the tiny Appalachian coal town of Vico, and many more. I've spent time working with Republicans and Democrats alike on city councils and commissions all across our Commonwealth, but also here in Louisville, where I've worked with Metro Council members on ordinances to ban the deadly practice of conversion therapy on minors and to add LGBTQ-owned businesses to the city's procurement process. I've also worked closely with city officials to make Louisville one of the most LGBTQ-friendly cities in our entire nation. When I began collaborating with the city a decade ago, Louisville was earning a near-failing 66 out of 100 on the Human Rights Campaign's Municipal Equality Index for LGBTQ inclusion. Now we earn a perfect score and we were one of the first three cities in the South to do so. This is one of the major reasons that Louisville made it into the New York Times list of 52 places to visit in 2023. Only 13 of them were in the United States, and Louisville was highlighted for its horse racing, bourbon, and a rising LGBTQ scene with top marks from the Human Rights Campaign's Municipal Equality Index for seven years running. Yet with all of these advancements in inclusion and the 11th highest LGBTQ population per capita in the entire nation, it's been almost a decade since there's been an LGBTQ voice on this council. And there's only ever been one, Tina Ward Pugh, who was elected in 1998. 
To more fully represent the broad diversity of our city, we need LGBTQ voices on this council. And I would be honored to be one of those voices and a voice to advocate for some of the greatest needs of the 6th District. We desperately need greater gun violence prevention, more compassionate and comprehensive houselessness intervention, youth programming, parks funding, access to early childhood education, and improved public transportation infrastructure. It would be the honor of my lifetime to help tackle some of these issues facing our community with you. I look forward to our conversation, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hartman. Uh, Councilwoman Chambers Armstrong. Thank you, Mr. President, and uh, thank you uh, uh, for being here um, and for all of the great work you do in the community. My question is a little bit about balancing that work with the role of being a council member. Um, so could you talk to me about what obligations you currently have, what obligations you would continue to have as a council member, and how you see finding synergies or finding balance with all of that? Yeah, thank you, council member. Um, I am, I'm, it's not a foreign concept to me to have a complicated uh, schedule to juggle. I've been doing it the entire time I'm at, I've been at Fairness. Um, I, I can continue to stay at Fairness and do this work, and fortunately I have uh, good flexibility to manage my own schedule. Um, I frequently, um, you know, having meetings during the day or during the evening can move things around. Um, I also will be hiring two new full-time staff members at the Fairness Campaign uh, probably next month. Uh, so some of the burden that I have over there too will, will be allevi alleviated slightly. But um, yeah, I, I don't see there being a difficulty juggling this. I've chatted with my board of directors who are fully supportive of, uh, of my bid for appointment here. Thank you for the answer. Thank of course. you, Mr. President. Thank Count you. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thank you, and appreciate you already addressed, I usually ask the three top issues. You already cited some of the opening statements, sure. so let's focus on public safety real quick. Mm -hmm. And if you could talk about your thoughts related to LMPD, uh, more specifically, what do you think about their current staffing levels, mm -hmm. and what other changes would you like to see uh, and like to affect us from a policy point of view to uh, use LMPD toward improving public safety? Thank you. So uh, first I'll say, I know that there's going to be more LMPD officers at some point. I know that LMPD is understaffed, and so they are looking to hire more folks, and so we're gonna see more police officers on the street, whether I'm for it or against it. Um, uh, I do not necessarily believe that police are what keep communities safe. I believe that communities keep communities safe, um, and that communities that are communicating with one another um, that are looking out for their neighbors, that are ensuring the safety of the neighborhood themselves, because when police get involved, police show up after an incidence of violence, after a shooting, after a robbery. Uh, and so I, I am deeply interested in figuring out what are those solutions to prevent crime before we're getting police involved. Now, certainly I've worked with the police um, for more than a decade through my work with the Fairness Campaign. I helped launch the first LGBTQ Citizens Police Academy, of which there have been at least four iterations uh, since we launched it uh, several years ago, helped them launch the Safe Harbor Program uh, for LGBTQ safe places uh, with the LMPD's support, and was on the Police Chief's LGBTQ Advisory Committee uh, for at least six years uh, before it sort of went defunct. Um, so I will certainly work closely with police um, on what they think are the solutions for the community, but I am 
deeply interested in finding out what the community thinks are the solutions to, to alleviating the crime and the violence in our district. Thank you, Councilmember. Councilwoman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I wondered uh, if you could let us know whether or not you plan to run in 2024, whether you were um, you know, selected in this process or not. Certainly, good question. Um, I'm gonna take things one step at a time at first, um, but initially I, I'm probably only looking to fill out the remainder of the term. Okay. Uh, if I were to run in 2024, uh, I would likely need to leave the fairness campaign. Um, I don't know that I am ready to do that yet, but. Uh, I am interested in, in seeing where things go. And if I get appointed and uh, the fit is very right and we're doing good work, I'd certainly consider staying. Perfect, thank you. Thank you, council member. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. Hartman, for being here. Certainly. I just wanted to know what plans would you have to um, recognize some of the underserved, underserved neighborhoods that may have a lot of abandoned homes, um, a lot of trash. What, what would you do to tackle those issues? I mean, I'd certainly pour as many resources as were available to me uh, in the council seat into uh, helping address those situations. Um, I mean, I went, uh, you know, to, toured parts of the district and certainly noticed in South Central Park a lot of abandoned furniture along the perimeter of the park. I mean, the park actually looked very good except for uh, around the perimeter, trash over there, um, parts of the community that I've driven through certainly uh, have neglect. Now, I was very glad to see um, a lot of sidewalk repairs um, in parts of uh, Park Hill, Algonquin, as I was driving around. So I do know that there is some work being done, uh, but I definitely intend to represent the entire district um, and to hear from folks uh, what it is that they need that's going to make their community safer, uh, cleaner, and I will definitely put the resources into making certain that uh, trash is being picked up, that large items are being removed if, if they're out there and do what I can. Thank you. Councilmember Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Hello, Mr. Hartman. Hello. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Okay, um, I'm aware of the passion that you have for the LGBT, I mean, Q community, but do you have any other passions for the district? Um, and do you have any ideas for the Park Hill area, for the youth? I know you said you, you know, had drove through, but have you gotten out? Can you touch on any of, any of that? or your passions? Yes, certainly. Uh, I definitely have a lot of passions. Certainly my work has been focused on LGBTQ rights for the past 14 years, but also on racial justice. Uh, and we have always worked at fairness and in my personal life on an intersectional framework to dismantle systemic racism um, along with seeking LGBTQ rights and all forms of social justice. Um, I, I certainly um, am very familiar with the Park Hill uh, neighborhood. Um, actually uh, taught uh, improv there for two summers, probably about 20 years ago now. Um, and I'm very familiar with that part of the district and the Algonquin part of the district. 
um, and am interested in seeing, once again, hearing from community members, from community leaders, what are the programs that are lacking in the community. I know that there's a lot of work being done and that has been done. I want to continue what is working uh, once I find out from community members what that is and then hear from them about what it is that they're looking for. Um, the, especially in Park Hill Al Algonquin, um, there is a large percentage of the population where um, uh, children uh, under the age of five are, are not uh, getting early uh, childhood education. Um, it's a disproportionately large portion compared to the rest of the city. Uh, we need access to early childhood education in all parts of our community, and a uh, disproportionately large number of the community in this district um, is relying on public transportation as well. I would love to make TARC free um, if not citywide, at least in, in parts of my district, um, and figuring out how we can support folks so that when they have an opportunity to pursue a job, um, you know, when we're working with Family Scholar House, or we're working with Youth Build, that we can get folks to the resources that they need. Okay, um, just another question I wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you said you taught there like 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're at in Park Hill. I was at the community center. I was working for Louisville Metro government at the time. Right, I probably didn't I do the best do. job in the world, but I was there trying my hardest for a couple of summers, yep. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Mr. Hartman, there are no more questions in queue. You have one minute for any closing statement. Okay, wow, thank you all very much. It's going so swiftly here. Um, I, I just do want to thank you all again for your time. I, I'll leave you with a couple of truths that I love my city and I do love my district. When I moved back to Louisville nearly 15 years ago, I knew exactly where I wanted to live and I've stayed in the sixth district ever since. I've moved one time and it was just a half block down Brook Street. Um, I, I see so many needs in our community and we've got to address more than anything, I think, um, the gun violence prevention issue. Um, I don't know if you all can see, I brought uh, just a couple of bullet shells from my parking lot. If you can't see these, you might be able to see these right here. Um, those are just a portion of the bullet shells, including fully automatic uh, bullet shells from my parking lot. Uh, this is an issue that is, is serious in our community and that we've got to do something about. I plan to represent the whole district, understanding that equity is far different from equality and knowing that parts of the 6th District have distinctly different needs. And I will work tirelessly to address those that are most urgent. Thank you very much. Mr. Hartman, thank you for your interest in the position and your time this evening. Uh, if you are interested, you may watch the remaining uh, interviews downstairs in the first floor can uh, conference room. You're under no obligation to stay and do Great. that, though. Uh, Madam Clerk, the next candidate, please. Logan Gaddy. Mr. Gaddy, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right here in the seat that Mr. Hartman's vacating. Uh, the microphone's already on. We just ask you to uh, speak clearly into the microphone so folks online can hear you. Uh, just a couple of items to cover. Uh, you're going to have a three-minute opening. There's going to be a timer on the screen on your right if you want to look at it for reference. Uh, when the gong goes off, you don't have to stop mid-sentence. Just sort of wrap up whatever thoughts you're on. Uh, we'll then have 10 minutes for questions. We'd ask you to give fairly concise answers so we can get through as many questions as possible, and you'll have a minute at the end for any closing thoughts. Uh, some of our panelists are going to be on your screen on your left, uh, and I'll try to direct you up there if anybody up there asks. But whenever you're ready, you may begin, and we'll start your three-minute timer. Good evening to the members of Metro Council. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to show you why I am the right person 
to represent the people of District 6 and the city of Louisville. My name is Logan Gaddy, and I've lived in this district my entire adult life. There's honestly no place in the city that I'd rather be, but we're at a decision point now where we have to decide whether or not we unlock the true potential of this area or stay the course and watch unique opportunities leave the district. We're fortunate to have one neighborhood that's recognized for its architecture, another with a plethora of good industrial jobs, and another that's reestablishing itself as a place for young families. But if we want to turn our neighborhoods into communities, places where we can live and work and have the most basic services provided to us, then we have to think differently about how we support our people. I have ideas for this district that are impactful but realistic, and I look forward to partnering with every one of you to help achieve these goals. I make connections within our business and civic communities as director of the Health Enterprise Network. I love my work because I can make a difference in our healthcare system, especially in promoting healthcare workforce solutions and health equity. I've worked with UofL's Envirom Institute and the Health Equity Hub to partner them with private businesses that support their work. I've published op-eds in local newspapers about solutions for workforce shortages. And through my work, I was recognized as one of 20 people to know in healthcare by Business First in 2022. But I also focus on the everyday issues that residents in our district face. I've advocated in local media for two-way street conversions to improve safety of our roads for drivers, cyclists, and pedestrians. I've seen the frustration that exists when people realize those changes aren't months away, but years away. I've canvassed my neighborhood to understand the issues that matter most to them. Knocking on all those doors has been a catalyst to building out my list of priorities for the district, and I look forward to continuing those conversations with my neighbors because that work never stops for a servant leader. I would also bring my own experiences into Metro Council. We're a family of small business owners, and I also supported my wife as she opened a cafe and bakery during the height of COVID-19. Seeing her struggle to navigate different departments and paperwork and legalese in a quest to open a business as a minority woman entrepreneur showed me that we can do better. I've been burglarized. I've been a victim of a hit and run. These are public safety issues that no people should have to face, but sadly they face all too often. I've seen the disconnect that exists between different pieces of our city, and I would look to build bridges that help all people thrive. As a councilman, my key areas of focus would be improving the quality and safety of our infrastructure so that we can feel safe walking down our streets supporting community-serving economic development along the Algonquin Parkway, West Hill Street, and Oak Street business corridors, and increasing public safety and physical and mental health because traumas associated with victimization have long-lasting impacts on both the individual and the community at large. I look forward to elaborating on these areas more and answering your questions. Thank you. Thank you. Councilman Arthur, uh, who's going to be on your screen on your left. Peace, which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? So I, I would say uh, going on the personal side, just the things that happen when I walk out my front door, the things that I see when I walk out my front door. Um, you know, I've walked out my front door and seen my vehicle had been stolen. I've walked out my front door not once, not twice, but three times to see that my vehicle had been totaled in an accident. I've walked out my front door and seen that there was a massive accident at the corner uh, where my house is located where two individuals had died. I was one of the first people on the scene. I pulled open the door and saw that the individuals had passed away. Um, it's a trauma that I live with to this day and it just happened two months ago. 
And, you know, I also had my nephew wake me up one morning at three in the morning because an individual had gotten into a fight on the street in front of our house and a gunshot had uh, occurred. Um, those are the personal experiences that really drive me to make meaningful change within our system because these can't happen in an area that is supposed to thrive, especially in a place like District 6 that has such great potential. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I do want you to elaborate on one of the three things you talked about, and that's public safety. Uh, can you talk about your, your view on LMPD's role related to public safety, specifically your thoughts related to their current staffing levels, and what policies or changes you would like to see to make LMPD a greater part of the solution related to public safety? Thank you. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, and thank you for the question. I, I think that LMPD, in terms of its staffing, um, is probably just slightly below an appropriate level, I would say. Um, obviously, there are vacancies in a lot of positions that they're trying to hire for, but we obviously need to ensure that we're hiring the right people for the right reasons. Um, there's a lot of community advocacy that needs to happen within the police department. I think that's vital to reestablishing a trust between the police department and its community. I, for example, live um, very close to the 4th District Beat uh, that's located in Central Park. And unfortunately, you know, despite walking through Central Park and despite walking uh, around my neighborhood, you know, for the past 15 years or so, I've actually never seen a police officer in person outside of when there are accidents. Um, I've never seen them walk on the street. So I think that's really important for us in terms of reestablishing the trust and understanding that police are there and, uh, and, and active in the community in a good way. Councilman Reed. Thank you, Mr. President, uh, and thank you for uh, your interest. Um, you've mentioned in your intro unique opportunities that uh, have left the district. Can you expand on that a little bit, please? Yeah, so I think that there are some uh, unique public infrastructure opportunities, including, uh, for example, mass transit opportunities. Um, you know, we live in a city that's geographically oriented to have a uh, a public transit system that goes through all the true hotspots in the city, from the airport, through Worldport, up north through UofL and Churchill Downs, and then finally through the downtown space. So I think that's really unique and a great opportunity for us. Uh, additionally, the Oak Street Corridor, uh, which has basically been put on an island because of both the Ninth Street Corridor and the, uh, the shift from Oak Street from a two-way to a one-way past Preston Street, uh, it, we're essentially sitting on an island here where people can't really access the business corridor there. So if we can get some additional reinvestment in that space, I really think that business would thrive there uh, as opposed to moving in different spaces because Old Louisville, for all its uh, great assets, um, I would like to characterize it as the most you know, unwalkable, walkable city because of the lack of general services that we have in that space. Thank you. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Hello, Mr. Getty. Thanks for being here today. Um, looking over your resume, you have a wealth of knowledge. Um, but I wanted to know about, have you ever been, have you ever done any work in Park Hill or visited Park Hill? Can you tell us of a time, I know you said you do, did some door knocking. Yeah. Of any experiences that you had walking that, when you did the canvassing? Yeah, yeah, so um, I've spent some time at Park Hill Community Center uh, Algonquin Park in that West Hill Street area, which kind of is the north-south border of Park Hill, I think is just ripe for some investment. 
Um, I know that the intersection between Winkler Avenue and Algonquin is not necessarily in this district, but that's a place where we've seen increased vacancy and just a proliferation of liquor stores and tobacco stores. That's a place where people can, you know, uh, can gather and really grow and build businesses together because it is in such close proximity to Churchill Downs and a lot of really great amenities. Uh, Park Hill is great. I, I Again, I walked to that neighborhood. Um, I was a candidate for uh, office previously, and then as a just a resident that had been out knocking doors as well. Uh, it's a great area that has a lot of potential, but it's just been uh, hamstrung by a lot of different issues, and I hope to correct those. Councilwoman Chambers Armstrong. Thank you, Mr. President, and uh, thanks for being here, Mr. Gaddy. Um, my question is about sort of the time you have to devote to being a council member and finding balance. Um, talk to us about, I know you mentioned um, that you and your wife are small business owners and your work in the healthcare sector. Talk to me about the those obligations and um, sort of the time you would have available to devote to being a council member and how you would juggle those competing um, things. Yeah, so I, I do stay fairly busy um, working with several nonprofits and uh, startups, but I would say that 85% of my work um, happens in my day-to-day -day work with the Health Enterprises Network at GOI. Uh, the rules of that organization stipulate that you're not allowed to hold public office um, while employed there. I am prepared to resign that position and, uh, and take on council as a full-time role. Okay. Thank you for that answer. Thank you, Mr. President. Councilman Fowler. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I wondered if, um, whether or not we appoint you, would you um, pursue um, running in 2024? Or is this something that you just kind of want to do in the interim? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think that the, the, the kind of the balance between, quote unquote, putting your finger on the scale and, and having some sort of stability I would, I would lean more towards having stability in the seat. Uh, I don't think it's good for the district and good for the people to have potentially four different council people in a 24-month span. Um, people need to understand who they need to talk to in terms of having their problems resolved. So uh, me personally, I would seek to uh, have the seat uh, in 2024 election. And I expect a very uh, heated primary with many people, and to be perfectly honest, it's going to be uh, a fun time, and I look forward to it. I got a different idea of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Councilwoman Chapel. Thank you for that. Yeah. Sure. Um, hello, Logan. Um, this kind of, I have two questions. One kind of blends in with um, Councilwoman Chambers Armstrong, and as the vice chair of the Kentucky Democratic Party, are you planning on continuing to hold that position? And then also, how do you feel about the development of the Urban Government Center? Uh, so I, just a quick uh, correction there, I'm the vice chair of the Louisville Democratic Party. Um, I haven't made a decision about that yet. Uh, I would lean towards resigning that position potentially if I were to be appointed. Um, I would want to focus all of my efforts towards Metro Council if that were the case. And your second question was about the Urban Government Center, correct? Um, you know, that's, that's a little bit outside of the district, I believe. Uh, I, I know that there's been some really interesting opportunities that have potentially popped up for that district or for that uh, project. Um, you know, I think a really interesting thing is affordable housing or opportunities in that space particularly. 
you know, we're obviously at a vast shortage of affordable housing options in this space, and especially one with such good proximity to public transit, to downtown, to living wage jobs, it would make sense to create a density of population there in addition to what exists around it so that you can support business on, for example, Barrett Avenue, which has struggled in previous years, I think. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, have you looked into or investigated any other city's operating budget for 2023? I have not. Okay. Mr. Getty, there are no more questions. You've got one minute for a closing. So thank you again. Um, I know it's been a long couple of days for, for you all. Uh, District 6, it really needs a lot of things. So stability, but also growth and innovation, but respect for the culture that exists here. District 6 just deserves success. Um, as a small business owner and uh, healthcare and economic development thought leader and as a community advocate, I believe that I've demonstrated a breadth of knowledge that shows I can come up with those big ideas that uh, are across a spectrum of issues while also serving the most basic needs of the, of the people. So fixing something as small as a missing trash can or a broken sidewalk can restore faith in local government. And local government is where most people interact with their government. I want people to know that I have their best interests at heart and I want them to have faith in me and in our government that will be there for them. I look forward to working with Metro Council to improve the lives of residents of District 6 and for all Louisvillians. Thank you all. Mr. Gatti, thank you for your time and interest in the position. Uh, if you are so interested, you may watch the remaining interviews in the first floor conference room, but you don't need to feel obligated to do so. Uh, Madam Clerk, the next candidate. Derek Podolsky. Mr. Podolsky, welcome. Uh, you're gonna sit right here. Uh, the microphone's already on. We just ask you to speak into the microphone uh, so the folks online can hear you. Uh, you're gonna have a three minutes for an opening. There'll be a timer on the screen on the right uh, that'll give you just a visual reminder of the time. When the gong goes off, you don't have to stop mid-sentence, just sort of wrap up whatever thought you're on. We'll have 10 minutes for questions. We'd ask you to keep answers fairly concise so that we can get through as many questions as possible. Uh, and at the end, you'll have one minute uh, for any closing thoughts. Uh, some of our panelists are gonna be online. They'll be on the screen on your left. Whenever you're ready, you may begin and we'll start the three minutes. Ladies and gentlemen of the Louisville Metro City Council, uh, my name is Derek Podolsky, and I've been a resident of District 6 uh, for 14 of the last 20 years. Uh, since moving to Louisville, I've always found the diversity, the architecture, and the keep Louisville weird culture infectious. After a few years away, my wife and I decided to return to old Louisville to start our family and instantly got involved with different neighborhood organizations. Uh, my career background is in retail, building retail spaces and producing live events, which has given me invaluable experience using my communication skills to connect people, identify issues, and implement solutions to provide positive outcomes. For the past seven years, I've been heavily involved with the Old Louisville Neighborhood Council, serving for two years as the council chair. I've planted trees with the Property Improvement Committee. I've led the merger of the West St. Catherine and Limerick Neighborhood Associations. I've shown up for STR meetings, historic preservation re reviews. I've negotiated low-income housing issues with residents. I've shown, I've led 10 town halls and community meetings with residents and government officials. I've worked with multiple leadership partners within LMPD's fourth division. And I've worked on traffic policy with the Kentucky Department of Transportation 
and our previous councilman, David James. If appointed, my four priorities are this. Number one, improving traffic issues by reducing heavy truck traffic coming off of I-65, prioritizing stoplight and two-way conversion, lowering the speed limits, and funding more parking space markings throughout the district. Addressing these issues will lead to calming of the streets, increase driver and pedestrian safety, and make the district more walkable. Number two, increasing public safety by creating eight-hour shifts for tenured police officers within LMPD to retain older officers and bring back retired officers that we've lost. I would also increase community youth outreach and advocacy to stop the violence. Create more events to connect neighbors to police initiatives to build back trust. Increase funding for social workers so they can work alongside LMPD and our emergency services. And also to transition the LMPD from an enforcement force to a guardianship force by better training them, giving them better pay that's compensated adequately in, with other departments, and also increase presence policing and accountability for our police officers. Number three, increase commercial development by actively working to find partners to develop the 4th and Oak and the South 9th Street corridors, creating a D6 small business incubation program to grow existing small businesses and new ones to our area. Working to identify outside partners to bring more child and elder care to D6 and working to create or better fund job training programs to educate our workforce. We need jobs and we need to address the food deserts in the area and we need to take pride in building a microeconomy. I'll close there. Thank you, Mr. Brodolski. Uh, Councilman Arthur, who's gonna be on your screen now. Peace, which one of your professional or personal experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? I would have two answers to that question. Um, the first being, uh, for four years, I was the national brand ambassador of a large uh, bourbon company. And in that role, I you know, had a logo on. And when you have that logo on, just like you do when you're a council person, you learn how to work and talk with every type of person, low income, high income, different ethnicities, different sexual preferences. And the second portion would be my work at the Old Louisville Neighborhood Council. I use that time to get to know all the stakeholders, identify issues, and try to find solutions to those problems. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you for being here. I have a few questions for you. One, <clears throat> what is your role with the Forecast Castle concert? So uh, from the third year of Forecastle Festival to about four years ago, actually maybe six, um, I was the crew chief and one of the production managers, uh, which included hiring 60 plus staff members, organizing them, logistically bringing all the items in from porta potties to staging units to trailers to fencing, barricade, working with security, uh, organizing the entire festival logistically. And I do that with other events in the city as well. Okay, and two, you mentioned uh, being involved in rerouting semi-tractor trailers off of 65. I just wanted to know uh, what is your ideal of them going somewhere else? I mean, where are they supposed to get off at if they don't get off, off of Interstate 65? Absolutely. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, many years ago, we provided $22 million to increase our traffic and commercial footprint on the 9th Street corridor. Uh, we enlarged it, and there are many businesses in the 9th Street corridor to include Rumpke, 
uh, brown foremen that have large trucks that, that maneuver through those areas. Unfortunately, because of the access to I-65, we have up to 40 trucks going down St. Catherine, Oak Street, and Hill Street every single day, every single hour. Uh, I've been you know, working with other partners, tracking that movement. I've reached out to some of those partners, and I believe the best option is to use the 9th Street corridor. Uh, do you understand that I don't think anyone lives west of 9th Street wants any more trucks coming off of that corridor? I-64 and I-65 are obviously two of the main arteries that bring in the heavy truck traffic to West Louisville and South Louisville. There isn't really a corridor other than 264 for those areas. Uh, I would further though that the roads in Old Louisville do not have dense grade rock. They are not built to current standards or protocols. They are from the 1800s. We have you know, crumbling water pipes underneath the streets and these are all cobblestone streets. When you have a few ton, you know, 40 ton trash truck, every, you know, 40 of them an hour, you know, these are ruining people's homes. Um, alternatively, the 9th Street Corridor does have that dense grade foundation that can have, handle those heavy trucks. Um, well, let can me I, say this. Councilwoman, can I get you to queue back in? Uh. Sorry. Councilman Piagentich. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Um, you have some very specific proposals. Some of them, I, I think, are, uh, have a lot of merit. I think the one-way, two-way conversion is a slam dunk. It's stupid how many uh, one-way streets we have in the city. But um, I would like to ask, uh, can you talk about your thoughts? You're going to get a lot of phone calls, we all do, uh, on things that we either can't do due to legal limitations or it would just be how far do you as a council person get involved in somebody's life versus sticking to policy? Can you talk about how you would differentiate between sticking to some of these policies that you've laid out versus um, how would you address a constituent that's asking you to do something that you may think is a step too far? So it sounds like two questions. Uh, the first part of that, I would say that, you know, Obviously, I, I'm very organized with the issues that I feel are pertinent to our district. Um, some of these issues are not necessarily the purview of city council. They might be with the mayor's office. They might be with state entities, whatnot. I think it's in the best interest of the district to have a leader who can work with those entities to push those, those initiatives forward. Um, when relating to an actual individual resident who has concerns and where you may or may not go too far, you know, I think you have to look at all sides of the situation. You need to take account the stakeholders that are involved, and you need to do the best thing for the most amount of people. You know, there are going to be situations where any of us as council people may have to do something we might not even personally agree with, but we know that's the good for our district. Thank you. Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. How are you today? Wonderful. How are you? Great. I feel like I know you already. Thank I got you. a million emails from your <laughs> constituents. <laughs> but nevertheless, I want to touch on Park Hill. Have you been to Park Hill? Or I have you been to different areas of Park Hill. Surveyed that area, and if you could tell me of any experience or anything that you would change or sure. implement. Sure. Um, during the pandemic, as the chairperson of the Old Louisville Neighborhood Council, I reached out to many neighborhood associations outside of Old Louisville. Park Hill was one of them, California Park, uh, Shelby Park, 
Schnitzelberg, Germantown, Phoenix Hill, and we created a petition for this body to use the $2 million you have in your coffers to buy an abandoned car lot. So there are many initiatives just like that one that I have worked with residents from Park Hill, other parts of Old Louisville, other parts of District 6. Councilwoman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for being here today. I wondered whether or not um, if you were um, appointed or not, if you would be running and pursuing the seat in 2024. At this time, I do not intend to run for the final seat. Okay, thank you. Councilwoman Rudy, who's gonna be on the screen. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us tonight. As I read through your letter here, I noticed a line talking about uh, affordable housing. You say, while opposed to adding more inventory to an all overwhelmed area, I vow to be an advocate and work with any willing partner in the protection of those who have housing issues. Could you please speak to what you mean about adding more inventory? Yes, District 6 uh, is, has a very heavy concentration of low-income housing. It's a very important part of the fabric of our, our neighborhoods uh, to include Park Hill, Shelby Park, um, you know, parts of Germantown and Taylor Berry. Uh, that concentration is not very well looked after. There's very little accountability at the city level. Um, I have worked with New Directions Housing, the Louisville Housing Authority, Broadway Management, to try to curtail the, the properties that we have and make sure that residents are protected from mold and from leaky roofs and from all the things that aren't being done maintenance-wise by any of these housing you know, providers. Um, you know, we have a, an amenities problem in, in, in District 6. Uh, it's, we don't have enough childcare. We don't have enough jobs for low-income residents. You know, while I am opposed to adding more inventory in this particular part of the city, I do think it's time for the rest of the city to provide their fair share of help to low-income problems. Um, you know, I, I intend to look after the people we already have and do right by them, engage them, and get them more engaged in the processes, just like the city council. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I wanted to ask you, and thank you, Councilwoman Rui, for touching on the uh, affordable housing. And I wanted to ask you, do you think the West End has a high concentration of affordable housing? I think it does. Do you think the West End has more concentration than Old Louisville? I'm not exactly sure which districts have the exact highest concentration, but I know that most of the concentration is consolidated in the West End, uh, the District 6 area, and also Dixie Highway Corridor, that type of thing. Okay. Um, thank you. Mr. Podolsky, there's nobody else in queue. Uh, you've got one minute for any closing statement. Sure. I want to thank you all for giving me the time today. Uh, I think of myself as an ambassador for District 6, and with many years of previous experience listening to residents and stakeholders, I have a unique perspective and understanding of the issues that face the district and our city. Through my involvement in advocacy, I'm confident that I'm one of the most informed people on the ground to continue the progress being made and to continue to connect residents and provide a seat at the table for anyone who wants to see District 6 thrive. I thank you for your time and I look forward to working with all of you. 
Mr. Podolsky, thank you for your time this evening. Uh, thank you for your interest. If you are so interested, you may watch the remaining two interviews downstairs in the first floor conference room. You're not obligated to do so, but thank you for your time. Madam Clerk, the next candidate. Bruce okay. Sherrard. For those online, it'll be just a second. I think he's on his way in. Mm -hmm. Two left. Mr. Sherrod, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right up here. Uh, the microphone is already on. We just ask you to speak clearly into the microphone so the folks online can hear you. Um, you're going to see on this screen on the right, uh, there's going to be a time right here in this seat right here. Yes, um, I'll be behind you. Um, this screen on the right, there's going to be a timer. You'll have three minutes for an opening. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see it count down to keep you give you sort of a visual cue. When the gong goes off, you don't have to stop mid-sentence, sort of wrap or whatever thought you're on. Um, You'll have 10 minutes for questions, or we'll have 10 minutes for questions. We'd ask you to keep your answers fairly concise so we can get through as many questions as possible. And at the end, you'll have one more minute uh, for any closing thoughts. Uh, some of our colleagues are online. Uh, I'll direct you to the left. They're on the screen on the left um, if and when they ask questions. Whenever you're ready, you may begin with your opening, and we'll start your timer. All righty. Thank you, sir. Mm, hello, and good evening to all. Bruce Sherrard here, resident of... Louisville Metro District 6. I am applying for the open seat and I plan to work hard and make Louisville a better place to live, work, and play. Yes, sir. I will work hard to make our city safe, streets safe, and to promote, encourage, and to rebuild and Oh, I'm sorry, encouraging the rebuilding and sustainability of our community. I remember growing up as a kid, I saw small businesses in the neighborhood, and that was community. That was community. And people knew each other by name. You know, uh, businesses were, and businesses were the community at that time. It's what we need now. People, like I said, people knew each other by name, and this is a large part of building community. When people know their neighbors, access to information and finances will help achieve this goal. This will keep economic growth and development within our neighborhoods. I believe small businesses make a town a community. We need community, bad. Small businesses develop Okay, I'm sorry. Small businesses develop plans, a well, I'm sorry, plays a major role in sustaining the community. I want to support the people who want to start small businesses and help them gain opportunity to succeed. The solution lies within the people who live in these communities. I believe that finding out what their needs are through outreach, like going door to door, hosting events in the community, 
as well as social media platform. Let's see. Opens the lines of communication to build these, these relationships and, and learn about their needs. In addition to these ways of building relationships, I will utilize partnerships with churches, recreational centers, and other community organizations to help from the people, to hear from the people in the communities to achieve these goals. Another area I would like to see implemented is the development of open spaces to promote health and wellness for our citizens. Our open spaces are underutilized due to the lack of underdevelopment. I want to implement programs to promote healthy living by having outdoor exercise equipment, walking tracks, workout stations, accessible to everyone. A big part, a big issue in Louisville is lack of affordable housing for low-income individuals, families. Myself, I myself was once homeless due to injuries, illness, surgeries, and rehabilitation. I wasn't able to work lived at the YMCA SRO program for about four years. Affordable housing should be a right for everyone. Mr. Shrud? Yep. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Yes. Good afternoon, Mr. Sherrod. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for being here today. Mm -hmm. um, I see that you are a resident of Park Hill. Yes, ma'am. Okay. That's... Uh, As ground zero. Okay, could you tell me a little bit about your experience day to day, what you see when you walk out the door, and what changes that you would make, starting with the area that, that you're in every day? Oh, man, people kind of react to what they see every day coming out their door, and if it's not pleasant, not with upkeep, designed to beautify and revitalize, you know, their, their outlook on life is, is bleak really it's not good starting the morning so what is needed i believe would be a little more emphasis on maintaining the property keeping it up to a certain standards there's a lot of uh, cuts that have been going on and you can kind of you can actually see it you can see the cuts that certain things are not happening and so with that i think you know we that's what I would probably do, concentrate on the outlook that people see coming out in the mornings like I do. And so what I do is I operation Brightside, passport cleanup, things of that nature. You know, I try to get people to volunteer on revitalization and beautification in their neighborhoods, you know, handing out hand pickers. And so, you know, I'm actually going to engage again this spring with Operation Brightside and kind of encourage you know, the residents to, you know, get out and make an effort to, you know, enhance your community. Even though there's maintenance men that that's their job, but, you know, we should not rely as people, we need to be more self-sufficient. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Councilman Arthur, who's gonna be to your left here. Okay. Peace, which professional or personal experiences are most relevant to representing District 6, and, and elaborate if you can. Mm. Let's see. Experiences, uh, let's see. 
building, development, um, that would play a big, a big part. Mr. Short, can I just ask you to speak into the microphone just to I'm make sorry. sure that everybody I'm on sorry. can hear you? Yes, uh, development in community, that, be, that would play a big part in enhancing the neighborhood and being a professional, um, that's, that would work, that would go a long way. Just to have folks engaged or in the neighborhood on redevelopment, the redeveloping the neighborhood, that plays a big part on giving people a say in what's going on or even a hand in what's happening. You know, let them be a part of the redevelopment. Let them be a part of engagement. Hope that answered your question. Councilwoman Purvis. Thank you, Mr. President, and thank you, sir, for being here. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask two questions, if I may. One is, if you were to sit on the council, you would have somewhat of a relationship with law enforcement. Living where you live, would you feel a little intimidated? Uh, would, you, would you have any fears of you having a relationship with law enforcement living where you live? Oh, no, I have no problem with law enforcement. They pretty much know me, because every time I see one of the officers, I pull them over, talk to them, give them a card, introduce myself. You know, I've been involved in some of the police activities, you know, being on the 29th graduate class of community policing. I was actually on the uh, police chief's advisory committee and a few other positions with volunteering with the police, so I have no problem. You know, I have family in law enforcement, so I'm, I'm cool with all those folks. Which chief was that? Conrad. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, are you, like, in, on any residence boards or anything with the Louisville Metro Housing Authority? I am. I'm on the resident uh, advisory committee, um, resident council, um, whatever we got going on in Park Hill in the Gonquin neighborhood, I make sure I attach myself to it because that's okay. the neighborhood I live in at, you know, at this time. So I will be, you know, a positive figure in and I'll be door to door pretty much. Boots on the ground. I already am. So, yeah. And I'll add one more question for you. Are you interested in starting a neighborhood block watch group where you live? I've been working on that. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Councilman Hawkins, and again, I'll just ask you to speak into the mic. Okay. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, Mr. Sherrard, I know you said that uh, you come out your door and, you know, you, when you see certain things, you just adapt to them, but how would you re reach the youth? You know, you have a lot of youth right in your yard. Yeah. How would you reach them? And my other question, not only how would you reach that Park Hill area, but have you been in Germantown? Have you been in the east of your district to, to Shelby, Shelby Street, those areas? Yes, ma'am, I'd answer your first question. Yes, actually, me and uh, my partner just finished a grant for nonviolence that's gonna reach the youth, that we plan on attracting the youth with, activ excuse me, with activities, uh, like I said, I do the neighborhood um, passport operation cleanup. So I look to get those folks, get them engaged. You know, 
little food bank like feed them you know give them shirts i have a lot of t-shirts and stuff so you know trying to get them engaged and also i've developed a track in the park your neighborhood which is supposed to be an exercise park i'm still working on that I got the track down so far but uh yes to answer your second question i've been all over the city just about through every street every block every alley you know at one time i was pest control technician and that had me, we were the biggest pest control company in the state of Kentucky. And so I was all through Louisville. It's not a street I haven't been down. I've been on top of every one of these skyscrapers in the city, spraying for bugs. You believe that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I've Thank been, you. yeah, I travel through this city. Yeah. Councilman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank mm. you for being here today. Uh, you're um, I wondered if, um, whether we appoint you or not to this uh, position, would mm -hmm. you um, be pursuing uh, running in 2024? Well, that's something I hadn't thought about. Okay. It hadn't crossed my mind. So just to get through this process would be big enough for me. I feel I've already won. Just applying and having to seat here to speak with you guys. So whatever comes okay. next is, you know, God's will. So yeah. Well, we appreciate you throwing your hat in the ring. Thank mm -hmm. you. Councilman Batcher. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. Sherrard, for being here. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you. Park Hill is obviously underserved, and uh, it's a big, big, like you said, ground zero part yes. of the city. So, yes. Um, kind of piggybacking off of uh, Ms. Hawkins's question, um, with the youth in the community and the gang violence or violence that we have as an influx in our community, mm -hmm. how do you feel like you can be a vital part in partnering with? our local you know, police force, LMPD, um, your community to, to prevent some of this violence, prevent some of this gang crime, neighborhood on neighborhood crime, et cetera. Man, outreach. You gotta put your boots on the ground, roll your sleeves up, and you gotta go door to door. You gotta, if you know these kids, you have to approach them. You can't be scared of the youth of tomorrow. So you have to approach them, you have to give them a voice, let them be heard and give them support and so yes i would be engaged deeply with the community and i have no problem with the kids in law enforcement i'm i'm pretty much one of them i started to wear my shirt <laughs> but i decided not to but um yeah i am of the city for the city betterment of the city thank you appreciate your time mr shard there's nobody else in queue you've got one minute for any closing thoughts Whoa, I would just like to say transformation takes courage. I got plenty of courage and it's time to change. And with that, I thank you for your time. Well, and Mr. Judd, I neglected to thank you for your service to our country at the beginning. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your interest in this position and your time this evening. Yes, uh, there's one more candidate after you. If you want to watch that interview, you're welcome to do so in the first floor conference room. You don't, you're not under any obligation to do so. Right, I'm gonna be like everyone else, man. I am out of here, I'm going to go sleep. <laughs> it's been, you've been waiting for a long, long man, evening. So what you said, I'm we, sorry, sir. We, we, we take no offense, so we appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You guys have a good one. Uh, the last candidate. Reverend Robert Moore.
Reverend Moore, welcome. Uh, you're going to sit right here. Uh, the microphone's already on. Just ask to make sure that you speak into it so that the folks online can hear you. Uh, on the screen on the right, we're going to have a timer for you. You've got, a three, you've got three minutes for an introduction. Uh, the timer on the right will just kind of count down, keep you on, uh, on time. When it ends, there's going to be a gong. You don't have to stop mid-sentence, sort of wrap up whatever thought you're on. You can kind of just conclude it in a sentence or two would be great. Uh, we'll have 10 minutes for questions. We'd ask you to keep them fairly concise so we can get through as many as possible. And then you'll have a minute at the end for any closing thoughts. Uh, some of our colleagues are attending virtually. Uh, that's on the screen on your left. I'll point them out uh, if and when they queue in for any questions. But whenever you're ready, you may begin, and we'll start your three-minute timer. You said I can just look right here to the camera. You can look, yeah, at, at your, I'm not going to ask you any questions, so you okay. can. So, uh, good evening, everyone. It's truly an honor to be here uh, to uh, present to you all uh, amongst the, the council, uh, and also those who are joining uh, virtually as well. Um, my name is uh, Rob Moore. I am from Louisville, uh, born and raised, and I live in District uh, 6. Uh, where I serve uh, the community uh, in the role of uh, chaplaincy, um, just overall throughout the last uh, few years, almost going on 10 years now, of uh, reaching back to the community. Uh, from the words of Dr. Cornell West, he said, in order to lead the people, you gotta love them. In order to save the people, you gotta serve. So I uh, took that uh, to heart and I lead by loving and I save by serving. So. I take uh, District 6, um, the community very serious, along with uh, the city of Louisville. And uh, if granted the opportunity, it would truly be an honor to work amongst the, the rest of the council um, to continue to make the city of Louisville better, especially even better uh, the way uh, that I was brought in uh, here. Uh, that's my goal, is to continue to, on the mission of uh, truly helping and serving the people of Louisville and other uh, people, especially in District 6. Thank you. Uh, Councilman Reed, who's gonna be online on your left? Okay. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. President, and uh, thank you, uh, Pastor Moore, for your uh, interest. Uh, I just wanted to say that you are the last uh, of the evening, and I wanted to give a shout out to all the people that have appeared before us tonight, because I think there have been some really, really good candidates, and this is going to be a very difficult process uh, to go through. Mm -hmm. uh, but my question to you is, uh, what are your, the three issues that you would like to tackle most in your district? And how? And if funding was no object, uh, which of course it is, but if it wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, how would you rate them in terms of how uh, the funding should go? I would say uh, within District 6, um, uh, to, to truly address the issues uh, amongst property, uh, especially in within certain areas uh, within uh, District 6, um, uh, especially in the, the west uh, side of District 6, along with um, uh, uh, providing housing and along with uh, mental illness as well, which I think is all um, included all in, into one. So that's how I would address those uh, issues. If I had unlimited funding and resources uh, within those, um, within the, the area, within the district, those will, those will be the things that I would tackle. Thank you. You're welcome. Councilman Arthur, who's also online. Okay. Peace. 
which one of your personal or professional experiences is most relevant to representing District 6 and how? Hmm. I would say um, pretty much what I'm uh, continuing to, uh, by doing, by uh, continuing to serve the people, but uh, implement it more in, into policy. Uh, so that's how uh, I would go uh, by that, uh, is to really hear the voice of the people the needs, um, and it's throughout District 6, I hear so many uh, people um, from Old Louisville to uh, Shelby Park, all the way uh, through uh, the Gonquin area, uh, where I was uh, brought up and raised at, just to uh, continue to hear uh, the needs of the people and do my best, along with the council, to provide them with the resources that they need to make District 6 uh, better. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Hawkins. Thank you, Mr. President. Good afternoon, Reverend Moore. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for being here today. Yes. Um, you said a few things. You stated that, you know, that you definitely speak with the constituents and the people of the community to make decisions. Yes. And of course, because that's who we serve. Yes. Um, do you have any ideas for uh, the area of Park Hill and them being underserved yes. for the youth. Yes. And as well, are you in tune with the neighborhood youth balance? And I'm stating from, when I say neighborhood youth balance, mm -hmm. um, from my outlook, it is different neighborhoods against different neighborhoods. Most definitely so. Are you in tune to that? Very much so. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit about any experiences Ooh. or any ideas that you want to implement? Yes, and I'm glad that you uh, mentioned that. Uh, this past uh, Thanksgiving, I had the honor uh, to pretty much to go back into the, uh, the Park Hill area um, to serve uh, the people to, um, of one of my uh, leadership cohorts that I'm affiliated with we went out and we um, gave out food and uh, Thanksgiving dinners to, to the people in uh, the Park Hill uh, area. And um, not to say that I've uh, been unintuned with the area, but to go back and to realize what poverty look like. And just to see, um, I would say families, um, in majority uh, single family homes, uh, living in conditions that I think that it, this is pretty much, it should be, I can't say a shame, but we gotta do better. It, it, it needs better work than what the individuals in the conditions that they were living in. And I don't know if you mentioned, you, uh, I think you said something involving with the youth as well. Yes. Do you have any plans? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah so, so, so the plans that I would do is to um, get individuals that reside in the homes uh, connected with more resources as far as uh, working themselves out of poverty uh, with different work programs, and especially with the organizations that I'm affiliated with when it comes through government assistance. Uh, to help with that and also to provide them with better housing uh, opportunities as well and to uh, hopefully to reconstruct uh, re reconstruct uh, re to, excuse me to reconstruct the park hill area um, i would say very similar to um, the, 
the housing in uh, Beecher Terrace, uh, as far as development, and along with uh, the Smoketown area as well, uh, to help individuals with uh, supplemental uh, housing, uh, but also get into some form of um, program uh, to get themselves out of poverty, and, and along with the, uh, the youth as well. Uh, in the past, I've done work uh, with the youth and continue to provide them with more educational opportunities, um, you know, along with JCPS. Um, and I know that Simmons is within the district as well to work out something that high schoolers and middle schoolers could do something with the college. Yes. Along with the, I would say, the single parent homes as well. Councilman Piagentini. Thank you, Mr. President. When, when you mentioned your three top priorities, mm -hmm. uh, frankly, you were one of the first candidates that did put safety up there. Mm -hmm. Was that an oversight or was that intentional? And then I have a follow-up question. Um, I would say um, it was somewhat overlooked, but I think that I addressed it based on poverty because I believe that a lot of the safety issues regarding the, when I'm talking to due to violence has a lot to do with poverty. Once we address in uh, yes, bless you, the needs of poverty, uh, then I, uh, I think that we can start talking about the issues that can solve uh, safety, and especially when it comes to uh, violence. Then can, can you talk about how, if you were appointed to this position, mm -hmm. um, first of all, your thoughts on current staffing levels of LMPD and mm -hmm. what you would do to work with them related to their role yes. in uh, helping with public safety? So I... Um, I'm with uh, Mayor Greenberg in, in his new uh, position, along with him assigning uh, the new police chief. I know this is fairly uh, new uh, of the role, and I understand, too, that uh, within the last few weeks, uh, there's been a lot of uh, shootings and murders within District 6. And then, of course, with uh, the now Deputy um, Mayor, uh, I was going to say Councilman James, but now Deputy uh, Mayor uh, James, of him being under Greenberg's cabinet and by him being a former um, 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 within the LMPD uh, team to um, work with LM, uh, work with the, the staff to uh, see where it goes in regards of making Louisville uh, the, the reduction of violence uh, better uh, to really address those uh, issues uh, that is dealing with uh, violence, especially when it comes to uh, gun violence and murder um, and also working with other organizations, uh, faith-based organizations and other nonprofits. Yes, you're welcome. Councilwoman Fowler. Thank you, Mr. President. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been a long night, hasn't it? It has, it's been a, a long yeah. day. <laughs> um, so I was wondering um, it, whether or not we appoint you, um, would you still be running come in 2024? Um, would you still pursue that office? Yes, I would. Um, I would continue to uh, go through the procedure of, of running, okay. if, uh, if 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 uh, if not appointed to this position. Okay. Yes. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, Reverend Moore, there's nobody else in queue. Uh, you've got one minute for any closing thoughts. Yes. Um, so, if granted the uh, opportunity. Uh, to serve with you all, um, to be a part of uh, District 6, um, based on the questions that were asked, uh, to make 
the district uh, better, a thriving upcoming uh, district with all the different areas uh, within uh, District 6 uh, to work with you all to address the, the issues that uh, people are concerned with uh, within the community. Uh, if it's due to uh, violence, uh, housing, uh, poverty issues, um, it's, it's truly, it would truly be an honor to work with you all to make uh, Louisville better. Um, I live in uh, District 6, I worship in District 6, I work in District 6, and I serve in District 6. And um, I just continue to, um, to continue to do the work to make District 6 and the rest of the city of Louisville even uh, or better. So uh, thank you all for your time. It's been a long day, a long night, and uh, hopefully you all can go home and get some rest. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Reverend Moore, thank you for yes, your interest you, and your time this evening, and, and thank you for spending thank you. you know the better part of three and a half hours sitting in a conference room <laughs> uh, waiting to go. Yes. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Colleagues, at this time, we have heard from each of the applicants. Uh, as stated at the beginning of the meeting, the full Metro Council will meet on Thursday, February 2nd at 6 p.m., where we will vote to appoint one of these fine candidates for the District 6 seat of the Louisville Metro Council. With no further business before us, the Committee of the Whole, without objection, stands adjourned. That was remarkably expedient tonight. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a